welcome everybody and thank you for joining us on another trip to nintendo land our nintendo focused podcast over here in irrational passions uh in the world of irrational passions irrational passions land yeah as well yeah, everything's all, just land just we're all we're all we're all uh taking over the world here i guess whatever you want to put it um i'm i'm when i'm your host mike burgess i'm joined as always by the wonderful alex o'neill in high and, definition uh, now well yeah that's right you you did get a new setup and also joining us live on live on this these camera feeds well it's actually not live it's pre-recorded but yeah close enough definitely not live yeah. the opposite of live the opposite of live we're live we're in our editor, editor at large jared green is also here to join us for this episode hi jared uh, i've never been to nintendo land do they have dispensaries there <laughs> they, they, <laughs> you'd have to ask someone else i mean we have to go to japan and japan and find out and maybe if maybe if we go into that that uh that super nintendo world or whatever it's called yeah maybe they have uh maybe if we talk to a toad that's in that uh the uh the, the restaurant they have there one of the, one of them probably knows what's up i would say toads are high 100 percent of the time mm-hmm. yeah they exist yeah. as they are you know there's absolutely no way that captain toad isn't fucking yeah. high all the time yeah, it's true why do you think he loves mario so much he looks like a weird colorism yeah. sketch like he looks like, like something luigi wants to lick yeah <laughs> <laughs> wow yeah. these mario brothers look like two weird cobras that have separated mm-hmm. but were once together we should go prospecting together <laughs> also the princess is gone you should help me yeah. find her nah, and by help me i mean you should find her i'm just gonna hang out yeah i'm gonna hang out over here Japan go, uh, doesn't with this weird bird Japan doesn't like uh, weed, so I doubt they have dispensaries in Mario Land. But the Mushroom wow. Kingdom just uh, probably appreciates a whole other slew of psychedelic drugs. Yeah, it's yeah. true. They, they probably get a lot of a lot of fun stuff. Yeah, I really can't imagine Kingdom. what Bowser's smoking. A lot. Mm, he he's probably a, not smoking. He's straight edge, probably. Yeah, yeah that's a, gonna, the exact reason why he's such a dick. Yeah, <laughs> he's got to run a kingdom. You know what I mean? He's like, doing yeah. the most at all times. He can't be high. <laughs> yeah. He has to try. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, somehow segueing from that, we have an episode here with some news <laughs> and things to talk about. Uh, there's some news, not not a lot. We've already were like past all the E3 thing, and now just games are coming out. So we're probably ultimately just going to talk about the games we've been playing more, like Pokemon Unite is out, and some other games got updated, and Skyward Sword HD has come out, and Alex has been playing that. Um, me and Jared have been playing a decent amount of Pokemon Unite, so we're all going to talk about that. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, before we get into that, uh, there were some news that happened. Uh, every, everybody remember when Switch Pro was all the hot goss? You know what I mean? <laughs> there was like Switch Pro, it's the next thing. Uh, Nintendo, what a, what a Nintendo, lifetime we've lived through in the last three months. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Nintendo just took a Bat to the kneecaps on the, all those people looking out for that pro and announced the Switch OLED, uh, which is partially what was rumored for the Switch Pro, but also not fully there. Or basically, there's yeah. just an OLED screen. Uh, it's a slightly bigger screen than what's on the current Nintendo Switches. Um, I think it's like very minor stuff. Like they're like it comes with a unique dock that has like a wireless adapter. Yeah, or like a, 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 a direct lane in, which the current Switch doesn't have either. Um, I think it has better battery life than one than the Switch. Has, the current. has the updated battery life that the, the kind of like soft revision okay. has. Gotcha. So that so that happened. 
the Switch happened, and every, of course everybody's just like, "Fuck Nintendo! It's trash! How they do this <laughs> to me? How how did I fall for this again? Th- these rumors, and then it all it got all blown up, and then none of that mattered because then just Switch puts out like here I here I don't know Mario Kart sold like thirty eight billion because yeah they did their sold. earnings so like uh, you know, for Q two yeah it's yeah or I guess Q one of of this fiscal year. Uh, and guess what? Everything's doing all right. <laughs> Nintendo's yeah, making yeah, Nintendo's, money Nintendo's ultimately it. fine. And I think this, even this thing will sell. I'm actually personally not going to uh, probably per- get, pick up one myself. Um, I don't know where you're at, uh, Jarrett or Alex, about getting a Switch OLED. I have one pre-ordered. <laughs> okay, Alex has one pre-ordered. But I, I'm on the fence, let's say. I, I'm reassessing. Just reassessing. mostly, like, I was tempted to get the the kind of soft revision just because it's like man this battery life i could actually get to san francisco on one charge of the switch as opposed to like only halfway there uh that's a five-hour flight roughly this one lasts about three hours at best so bumping that up to like five to eight hours which is kind of like the that more revised battery life and i have oled tv i'm a big fan of oled color scheme stuff like fancy fancy yeah, I'm definitely a seller. And I, I like the idea of a bigger screen. The, these all feel like things that might get me to play in handheld more often, but also like just given the circumstance. Practically, it doesn't make a lot of sense to because like if you want the Switch OLED, you know, functionally, there's literally zero difference between this and a regular Switch. Yeah, uh, especially for me, I play my Switch in docked 90% of the time. I yep. barely Same. look at it handheld. Um, so like for people like me, there really isn't, does not make any sense to get this thing. I just, I like the design. I I'd like having a, the better battery if I ever were to use it, but I, I might end up just not getting it just cause it doesn't make sense. And there's the very real prospect that, you know, even though the switch pro didn't end up happening this year, that it is yeah. within a couple of years. It's still, know? it's still entirely possible. We get that another revision of the switch considering like, look at the, the, this thing is considered still considered a handheld and look at Nintendo's previous hardware or handheld hardware where the 3ds had like five or six revisions. The DS before that had like three or four. So like the switch could easily have another one in the bank. Um, and I'll be curious to see if they ever do that. But, um, I think it's kind of interesting though, for, for a larger conversation also not necessarily fully Nintendo news, but very, but in the same breath, like pretty much that I think it was the same week. Even when yeah, the OLED got announced, day later. Uh, Steam, the you know Gabe Newell's uh, PC, the PC homeland, uh, as it were, where pretty much all all the the PC game playing goes down. Now so they're doing a Steam Deck, uh, which is basically their you know it's a basically another handheld console. Um, it's a little bit more powerful than the Switch. It has, but it's only on a seven. It has a seven twenty p screen. I think it's the same screen size as. Um, a, a base, uh, or actually, I think it's Switch OLED. Um, I don't yeah, think I, I think I think the battery life will not be as good on that, from what I'm hearing people say. Um, but it, but it's but the thing about it is, it's kind of like a hand. It literally is like no joke, a handheld PC. Like you can you can put Windows on it yourself if you if you're familiar with how to do that stuff and figure it out and do, let that thing do whatever it wants. Like it it's not beholden to like having Nintendo's OS or going on the eShop to buy games. If you already own steam, or if you just want to get a, get a windows, you know, on it, you can do whatever you want and 
have your whole Steam library. Um, now, I know, like Alex, you're not much of a PC game player, but I know Jared, you've been playing. You usually play a pretty decent amount on uh, PC. So I'm curious, like, what do you think about the Steam Deck? Are you interested in it at all, or is it something you're looking at? Or not for me because I don't find I haven't found like a really a want or a need to take the Steam experience I have other places in my computer. Right. Um, mm-hmm. I'm okay playing what I have sitting in front of my desk. Yeah. I mm-hmm. think, though, if you're looking for like an actual sort of like a an objective value like comparison between these two handhelds, one gives you something different and one it gives you the same thing but shinier. Right. Um, mm-hmm. If you if it had to be, you know, Switch OLED versus yeah. Steam Deck, these well, are clearly yeah. two different things doing two different things. Yeah, yeah. like um, they're definitely. I, c- I could see like some very minor overlap in audiences, but overall, like yes, it is two. I think it's two very different groups that are going to be looking for. Right, and I don't know that anyone is. There's no like no, there's no one who I think is on the fence trying to figure out if they're going to buy a switch or a steam deck i i think yeah. it, you're either in one camp or the other at this point and there's there there is no decision to make for yeah. that person who's on the quote-unquote fence yeah. but mm-hmm. i think this is like finally the um it's that steam box experiment from eight years ago finally yeah. like maybe coming to something that's valuable to someone yeah, I yeah. think that has a purpose that is like more than just everyone like a, tried to turn this into a console that can remove that you can pull the Steam experience away from your PC. You can sit on your couch, right? right on the, you people wanted the X or the 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 intention was have an Xbox experience, but with your Steam library. But mm-hmm. you know, twenty manufacturers got in and all made different Steam boxes, which was the PC problem, just in yeah. console form. So it never took off. Uh, with Valve having proprietary sort of a, a proprietary build and everyone having to like work with this one thing, maybe finally the sort of casual PC player device thing can work out for you. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Though I don't know that it has the flexibility that like a Switch does where there isn't any problems when you dock it and play on whatever screen you want or whatever it'll adapt to whatever resolution you have for the most part. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. I'm hearing that this, the, that this thing isn't really that flexible as far as that's concerned. Yeah, yeah. Um, it is. It is like, it is like a, it is a handheld PC in some ways of like, I was watching video previews. It just came out recently and they were straight up showing like somebody playing control on it and they could dock it. But yeah, like once you have to dock it, you have to do actually go into PC settings for the game right. and like adjust the settings. So like there is, there is more to it than, yeah. Like it's the, it's the, it's the pro and con of like having, of having this thing. Having and I, I am just super curious about how they plan to have, like there's, there's a clearly going to be a wall of interaction. Like there, there are some games that you really, that probably will not be the same experience on this thing. Yeah. Um, like these, these larger scale, like tactical war games. I can't imagine being, a great experience on the yeah. small hand, even like, with the little trackpad guys. Like I don't, I don't, yeah. I don't see it. Yeah. yeah. And, and like also a thing of like, 
you know, it's, there's still, I saw a lot of people also talking about like bigger kind of online kind of always online kind of games. Like I know there's like, yeah. there's a lot of, there's a handful of games that they're saying currently aren't supported, but they're working. Cause it's like how some of these online games do like their anti uh, kind of cheat and piracy kind of stuff uh, is not compatible with like how the, the, uh, the steam deck works right now like and that's exactly. like and that's like big stuff like uh destiny 2 apex yeah. Le- apex legends anything um, with like a bug stomper you have to log into first yeah, to get into yeah. where this yeah. is gonna be a weird situation for you and i don't really know how like I, I i'm trying to imagine the ideal person who doesn't have a pc um or maybe did but had a steam library they need to access somehow right and this is for them but how do they play it like this is something that they they sit in their house and play on their Wi-Fi. Like, if you're on a bus, are you getting the same experience? Are you playing mm. just Hollow Knight from your Steam library when every other console has Hollow Knight on it? No, no, yeah. Like, yeah. I, I wonder who this is for besides, besides concept. Because the concept is kind of cool. It's finally the Steam wherever you are. Wherever but you like, are. yeah. Now, practically, who is this for? Who wants yeah. this? Yeah. As, as, to fill a gap, they don't, they don't already have filled some other way. Yeah. I, I think, like... I, I I fit in it, but I'm also I would consider myself like a weird niche person. Who, like I buy a lot of the consoles already. Um, mm-hmm. I'm a great person that does it already. But I look at it as like I I have one pre-order, and I'm in that kind of similar spot as Alex of like I I may get this when it comes out, I may not. But it's like I also have over 400 games in my Steam library because I've had Steam since like uh, freaking before the 2010s. You know, because the Steam's just been around for so long. So now I just have this massive library of games. And just being like that idea of like, I can I can have this handheld that has a lot of that stuff on there. Like I'm probably not going to play like, I, I really don't even play like some of those biggest bigger kind of graphically intensive games on my PC anyway. Because like my PC is pretty decent, but it's not like you know I don't got 3080s, whatever, whatever. Like now I have the I have like the next gen consoles for if mm-hmm. I want to like play some big third party game but i don't really even play those like in general like i'm thinking like assassin's assassin's creed or or you know right. some some call of duty or whatever that that is those that are, are pretty... exactly the games i'm thinking about though like yeah what, like, like, what is what is next year's assassin's creed look like on that thing yeah yeah totally i guess if it's like running at 720 it, it would probably run pretty well probably it, 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 yeah. it might be it might be the witcher on switch which yeah is the, a competent what, right. port of a game that looks better everywhere else yeah uh, what i like the specs of it, like especially the higher end model with the faster memory, like it, it can run certain things at 120 hertz. Like it, it is a, it is, it's got like a, a pretty big punch for a small machine. Um, like the first thing I thought of, and it's so funny, like the niche that this would fill. And another thing after this, but I'll, I'll say this first. Like, I, uh, I immediately thought of like the same thing that I kind of think of my switch as is like, man, like to play a bunch of early access indie games, like this would be absolutely the best. Yeah. Like if you want to play the, the next big, you know, Metroidvania a year before it will make it anywhere else. Right. Like, yeah. That's kind of exactly. how you do it. Yeah. Mm. Uh, at like eighties circa early access. I obviously there was some Epic game store and, and I'm sure there's some way. There, to but there's, that yeah. But there's a ton of those. Uh, but but things like that of of like even grind that just came out. Um, and I don't know if that was an early access, but a game of that ilk, like that's on PC only, and we don't know when it's coming to console. So exactly, yeah. you know, and it will at some point, and a lot of these things will at some point, like uh, Curse of the Dead Gods, which just was a PC exclusive, probably, like just came to consoles, for example. But like that's there are so many of those games that are great. I mean, like half of our viewpoints are those games. <laughs> like yeah, even much. Rogue Legacy three, like or Rogue Legacy two, like this would be great. Like 
early access still isn't like huge on consoles, nor necessarily should it be. But uh, like this, it's there's a an argument there like that I think you could really make yeah. for the the Steam Deck, which is similar to what argument I was making back in the day for uh, the Switch of like the hey, this is the best place to play your your kind of pixely. To yeah. the indie, indie, game. yeah, indie, indie games, games. totally. Yeah. I, like that's, they're more complicated. That's that's it, the, is... that's that's kind of where I'm at with it too. Of like, I kind of want to see like how the Switch was a huge boon for indie games when it came out. Like you were saying, like could Steam Deck be another big boon, surprising kind of big boon in some ways for a lot of indie games for people on those platforms? Like you were saying, like there's there's a lot of games on Steam that like just maybe not may ever make it to console. But then, yeah. when you have a Steam Deck, is there, is there are there going to be enough people getting the Steam Deck that that's going to make a big? Uh, you're going to see a lot more people into this indie game and calling it out. And does it pave the way out. for console ports as well? Like it, it yeah. could have a, a trickle down effect as well. But the it's the funny thing I was thinking about is you know Brian Nobish and Jackson, one of my very good friends uh, of Irrational Passions previously. Uh, he, him and I always talk about anytime there's some weird piece of hardware, we always have to at least talk about it. Mm-hmm. And, and we had the same, I like feeling of him and I are, are like, if there's a new PlayStation, it doesn't really matter where we're at. Like, we're probably going to want it or be there any Nintendo console, any, whatever, any standard console. But anytime there's some like weird PC thing, I immediately don't give a shit. And I, <laughs> and I, I don't know what it is about me. Cause like conceptually, yeah. I, I think this would really appeal to me like honestly it could you know outside of nintendo games on switch like it it could essentially replace it and it's better it's better frame rate it's all the things that i i kind of want out of that hardware specifically uh mm-hmm. but it's piece it's like some pc thing so i like i, I just had no interest in pre-ordering it i wasn't you gotta, i gotta install a driver game. fuck that yeah fuck it, that. but I I am I am like that person refreshing day one on so many video game dumb hardware things, but it's, yeah. anything like Steam, I'm just like so cautious about. I think, I think totally. to the indie argument, I think this isn't just a good thing for if your indie can be easy access, early access, and then wish listed on Steam, you can get it through your console, this little handheld console portal. But also, like if you can get things like the itch.io app. On, you can get some real indies like some. Yeah, yeah. this yeah. dude made this six in sixty minutes. Right, eight three dollars and play some super <laughs> play weird for an crazy. hour. Yeah, that's the benefit of just being a PC handheld. You know, you yeah. can really just you don't even have windows. to go to itch.io. Like you can go. Someone can just straight up break this and put the Epic Game Store app yeah. on the yeah, stupid yeah. thing, which they will. Play Epic yeah. Game Store could, games yeah, on you it. Could, you could, yeah, you could put, totally put Windows on this thing and then have like Epic Game Store, or like even like Xbox Game Pass PC. On it, every like, emulator all, that is like, every all kinds of one. emulators. Like, they're definitely, yeah. like, I definitely want, I'm definitely like, this is like the most, like, like you, I am in a somewhat similar boat. Like, when you have those outside of the normal console realm, like, it's hard, it can be hard to kind of care about those stuff when you see it sometimes. It's just like, here's like, you know, this at Passy 3 of seeing like, here's Tommy Tallarico's Intellivision. And you're just, yeah, like, what is, you just, it just watch got that. Uh, delayed again. For the third time, of course it did. After he like had his crazy, never gonna come out. That's why. Yeah, and just like watching that and watching that uh, presentation during E3 and just like losing my mind because it's like, what in the world? Who who is this for? Who is this? At least, at least you know the this the 
the Steam Deck, you can, the answer you can you can see what it's providing you, right? Yeah. Like it's yeah. just your Steam exactly. games on the go. What the fuck is the Intellivision? Yeah, exactly. It's like, <laughs> like who, what is who? Yeah. Why? Who is this for? Who, who is this for? I what does don't it even know. do? I don't know. What it's, game it's, is this play? It's the it's literally like a it's basically like a quote unquote higher end like like made for. Like one of like like super off brand things you would find in like plug in box yeah TV plug in box things like it has like its own unique controllers that are like these little touch screens that kind of look like phones like it seems like I think he even said himself like he was looking at like hey there was there's like millions of people who are really into the Nintendo Wii let's get (laughs) that crowd like it seems like there's like some of that there it was just yeah that that thing seems like like it's so weird and bizarre but this but like you said like this thing like. You can immediately get the idea of it of like, oh yeah, I I was already playing games on PC. Maybe I have a big Steam library, or maybe I'm a little bit hesitant. I'm a big console game player, and maybe a little bit hesitant to like jump into like a, or like drop like a buttload of money on a really good PC to play these games. Or maybe I'm a little bit hesitant to jump into the PC like ecosphere. Like this is a cool middle ground. I think that could be yeah. could be potentially huge or just kind of like you know, eh. it's like sold people, out. You some know, some people like, are into it and some. When is this come out? Is this come so, out January? Yeah, so like they're doing it. They're doing the releases in waves because I because ha- I think mine. Uh, I think some people like the first early ones will be December this year. Okay, and then the there's like another wave that's like spring 2022 or something like that. And I think that's that's what my pre order is for because they had they basically tried to like mitigate bots so you had to kind of like. Like do like a like you have to like put five dollars down to like get a pre like essentially like in line to then get the like the, the like your actual pre order down the line to like fully pay it off, um, and if you like don't get in one thing then they'll just like refund you the five dollars or something like that. Um, that makes sense. Yeah. But yeah, um, yeah, I'm super curious how this this will all go down. But I ultimately think yeah, like when I well, like there was there's always gonna be a thing of like you see the handout and people are gonna make the assumption of like oh it's Steam versus switch versus steam deck and it's just like i don't think that there's really anything to that conversation personally of like these are going to be for so many so, such different people and like there's very small overlap because like you know this the, there's already a switch audience there's already pe- millions of literally literal millions of people who own switches units old, I yeah think is what they so know. like before the, the switch, OLED even comes out the switch is totally fine like this isn't suddenly going to be the here's the the death nail for the switch it's like yeah. come on people like is any any pc thing, even steam is is still ultimately going to be so niche like the most that i think this could expect at least you know until it's proven is like 10 million of these made and sold and then you know mm-hmm. we can stop and reassess because like i mean like how many times have we seen for like stadia y'all like amazon right. luna like it doesn't it, i know it's not necessarily the same thing but you have to remember like any kind of install base in it, yeah. it's always going to be a challenge. Yeah, you, we have to no, wait. No, you're, yeah, you're totally right. Because, like, there was definitely talk before Stadia came out, like, people just going, like, this is going to change everything. There were, like, people who, like, legitimately thought that even, and then, like, look at it now, or, like, it's, like, not even, like, a, like at the forefront of people's minds. Or I do, I do wonder how... Speaking of Stadia, the internet just oh, crashed. No. And they were like, this is just the first presentation. Right. And then you realize, wow, like... We're, they're talking about Stadia again, but they've probably said less than the last one. Yeah. And then it lost like 20 games. People are like, I don't know, man. Yeah. I don't know that. I think that's one of those things where it's not like, what was it? The Ouya, where like 
Uya couldn't get into E3, so they threw their own party in the parking lot, and like right. they were like, "Yeah, we're the console challenger. We're only a hundred dollars or whatever, right. and we just play Android or we just play Google Play Store games, but we're not going to tell anyone." Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. It, it, it. These always seem like those other competition always kind of reveal themselves as not really once you look a little bit harder. Yeah, I think the only competition here because they like the Steam Deck can be a legit thing is that like you only have you, when you're sitting and playing something in your hands, you can only do that with one thing at a time. Yeah. So, right. what are you what you're competing for is what's in my hand for now? Right. Is it going to be the Steam Deck or is it going to be the Nintendo Switch? Even though these two platforms have access to completely different games, like Nintendo is doing something completely different than Steam is doing. There are plenty of things you can get on a Nintendo store that you can't get on Steam, and we'll never get on Steam probably. Yeah, um, so totally. there's definitely not an overlap there. But you, but yeah, I still have to decide if I'm going to play, you know, a Monster Hunter game on my Switch that's exclusive there, or whatever is my Steam library. Right. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's the competition. Not necessarily like these two consoles do the same thing. So now it's not like the Xbox and PlayStation conversation yeah. where they Very just do the same thing and 80% of the games are the same. Yeah. Very excited for like those four games that are on both for those comparison videos. Monster Hunter Rise. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, Especially these- if some of them have a uh, cross play. Yeah. Right. The Fortnite players playing on their Steam decks versus the He's one that's playing on their Switch. Versus Switch. <laughs> yeah. Like I, I'm sure it'll be fun to, to point them out, but yeah, it'll come down to like execution. Like once people have this and is it a good and, like, product? What, what, how does Valve support this after launch? Like, yeah, exactly. Is this something where right. is, is it, is it going to be just a simple big screen mode like when they did after the Steam boxes? Yeah, like which they, they, they said that they're the, the so the Steam Deck version of Big Picture is going to become the Big Picture mode. The Big Picture mode going forward. Going forward right. So yeah, I just wonder right. how that looks like what, what exactly does Valve uh, carrying or recognizing the Steam Deck as one of its platforms now? What does that look like? You know, yeah. Q4 2022. Yeah. 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 If we have, we're even still talking about it. Or and how many revisions have we seen? Yeah. If, yeah, right. yeah, if have we, we seen yeah, it? And one. if a game Steam comes out, game. like an indie, a side scroller indie beat em up comes out, is that is that something that they push heavily on the Steam deck? Like, does is, is that become part of the trailers? Like, uh, I don't know. I don't know yeah. how it looks. Yeah. I'm sure Nita's Gabe. I don't know if these things about very hard about this shit either. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he's, he's off somewhere sharpening some knives. He's fine. He's yeah, fine. ultimately, like the Steam Deck can fail and Steam will be fine. Yeah. And I think yes. that, like that everything is, else is done. Yeah, they're just, they're just fine. That can be they, the difference, you know, like can, Nintendo they, needs yeah. this much to succeed and Valve doesn't. So they could just put this out and never do anything with it again, you know? Yeah. And just see how it, see what it does. Yeah. Super, super interesting stuff. Um, But yeah, let's uh, let's get to our next news bit. And this is this is more just like general, and I'm curious because like uh, a couple of Nintendo games that came out this year got uh, new updates, free DLC essentially. Um, one one surprisingly like very little as uh, it's been so far. Uh, the first one I'll bring up uh, a little bit because we'll probably talk about this later when we get to actual games we're playing because uh, new Pokemon Snap got entirely new levels. As DLC, as free DLC, like three, three entirely new levels. They are like on par with the levels in the game, where you have to like uh, up, 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 uh, upgrade the levels, and you have to like get this whole day night cycle between them. Uh, they're very cool. Um, I played through all of them and have leveled some of them up. Um, we'll, I'll talk about them a little later. Another thing, uh, Mario Golf Super Rush 
just like they like shadow dropped this the same day. We're like, hey, later today, here's uh, a new golf course. It was New Donk City, which is kind of yeah. which I haven't played, but I was like watching videos of. It's kind of weird because it's they like literally just took New Donk City, like these like the size and scale of it in Mario Odyssey, and they just like plopped like like things around it. <laughs> Like you, they cool. literally just put like little green, like the greens of a putt, just like in the city, and then you're just <laughs> like, you know, there's actually like in Super Rush, there's like the base golf, so you go from like hole to hole, and it'll put you at a point, and sometimes you're like golfing up up onto a building, or you're like golfing like down a corner of a street, and you can like you can like kind of like hit your ball into a building and like bounce it off and things like that and certain things. Um, but then, but then there's also like your super, you know, like the speed golf where you're like running around the stage and it just looks super weird. Cause it's a pretty small stage. Cause it's not like a big, long course. They're all like pretty small courses and you're just like, almost like, like, it's almost like a weird mini golf course more than it is. Like yeah. The traditional. And you can like bing like balls off of buildings, like ricochet yeah. them around. It's mm-hmm. cool. And there's like, and there's actually like, compared to the other stages, which were kind of lackluster and super rushed, like this actually has like Mario hazards in it, where it's like, there's like little springboards so you can like put your ball into like a springboard in the ground and it'll launch it up into the sky. There's cool. like, there's like fire hydrants, like like spraying steam everywhere on the roads. Um, and then there's like, uh, there's other, there's like a couple other things too, like oh, like the um, like the like the dash pads from like Mario, where he like runs over them gets like a speed boost like those are around and like so like they actually like made like a proper like here's mario stuff in a golf course then just like here's a boring ass golf course which was yeah. on, which was kind of on that game before which is kind of sad because that's like the best stuff in there um <clears throat> so yeah they, those both got cool updates but then um i, I posted the tweets because the the weird the weirdest one i think here in my opinion is animal crossing new horizons got an update and they literally just posted a screenshot of like i don't know there's some fireworks coming <laughs> where like the other two were like here's these full trailers and these like new stages and new stuff and it's like animal crossing has sold like 38 million copies it's like their highest selling game like on switch basically at this point and yeah. it's and it's like kind of getting like no updates after all this time and that's super but bizarre we launched in it because we went right before a pandemic and all y'all were alone so you bought <laughs> yeah this game. yeah so you bought this game basically and then they just kind of They've, they did up a lot of updates at first, but like now it's just been like this felt like a, there was going to be this next game that was going to be so ongoing with so many more updates. And they just kind of, I feel like it's just kind of like they've kind of like petered out this game in such a weird way that's like been like so huge. Like I, I feel like that, like any other studio, you know what I mean? Like I think of like last year of like, what, like Fall Guys and Among Us and stuff, right? Where, like, they, like, yeah. they kind of came out of nowhere again. Well, this is for, like, Among Us, where, like, that had been out for multiple years. And they, like, blew up, and now they have, like, a more t- people on their team, and they're making maps and all this other stuff. Sure. It's just, I, like, like this... weird that, like, Nintendo's not like, oh, yeah, we should put more stuff in this game and have people, like... I guess it's because, like, maybe maybe the thing the, the thing is, it's, like, all that stuff's been free. So it's not like they're making more money off of sure. it, so to speak. So. I mean, I, this reads to me like so clearly as like obviously all the updates that we got were in the pipeline ahead of time, and we've like this is just it, it was they didn't plan accordingly, you know, like they they were ready and they had a plan for those updates. Then obviously the pandemic happened right when the game came out, um, yeah. which certainly threw everything off. But you know they had that pipeline in place of like all right, we know what you know we got this. D- 
goddamn bunny coming in April. You know, we got this happening in June. We got this happening in December. Like they, they know that much. So now that once we got through that, everything that they're making, I'm guessing like my looking at just how they're behaving, the pandemic as a factor and what they put out, like I'm assuming that they have been working on something specific or a big thing that they're going to put out all at once since like probably since the pandemic started and then everything else they were like doing post-production yeah. on as it, as it went out as free updates. And they were just like nose to the grindstone trying their best to, to make that. And that's like my, my hope is like that turns into like an expansion, like a, a proper named expansion, maybe even something like a paid expansion. Yeah. Cause they, they're, like that's definitely a, a possibility. Cause I want to say they did that for the 3ds version. Like they, it was free. It was a free update when they put out the, the card, the the yeah, was amiibo like, card. They put out like amiibo they, cards, that's, uh, which that's probably really what, that's probably what that's probably like why it was free because they knew they probably make a lot of money off the cards. And it was it was the amiibo cards. It was um the, and the mo- like it was like a motor park. The and the the mobile game that came out. Um, so that that was right. like everything that kind of coincided with. It. And they yeah they added the you could have like a campground or whatever, or the campground was a mobile game, and you could have like a like a van or something. Some yeah, it was, it was, it was like a motor park and you and you yeah. like put the cards in and that would bring like specific villagers to that park. And then you could like go in their little Humvees and like get items. And and that, that was them. like that was an update to New Leaf, which to be fair, was the 3DS game. That update came out like years after that game came out. Right. Uh, so so like, you know, I, I really I understand people are impatient for stuff for Animal Crossing. But like, I, I really think this game was like absolutely rug from under them like i understand people are like this game sold super well super well like i really think nintendo did not expect this game to do this well yeah, that's uh, exactly what happened yeah. and, and to I don't be fair, this game did better than like many triple a games ever could even hope to dream to do so like right. it is not just like they probably thought this could on the high end do like 12 to 16 million units or something and it ended up doing over 30 million like like mm-hmm. it is just beyond expectations so my hope is the the reaction to that is like all right well we know we gotta put like as much money and budget and time into this as we can and you know nintendo is the the type of folks that are like they're just gonna have to wait until we're ready to show it yeah and and we're now we can probably sell it too (laughs) yeah exactly and now we can put a price tag on this and make it much bigger than than it originally was yeah i just i just thought it was an interesting comparison because like this all three of these like announcements were like within a week of each other more or less. Yeah. So it was just it was like very funny. It was just Animal like, Crossing. You're just like, here's Animal Crossing. They just put up like a like a like a basic act And they picture. followed up because I think they probably got so many angry people at it. They followed up by being like, like and there's, there's more there's stuff more. coming. <laughs> Please lay off. Please chill. Yeah. yeah I, people have to like recognize that if Nintendo rec or Nintendo tiered their work, their franchises and rec and sort of had expectations set internally for the kinds of things they get like the kind of turnout you can expect for pokemon or legend of zelda or metroid or any of the mario sports games mm-hmm. or any mario game they would all be a higher priority that they would have way longer pipelines for support yeah. and animal crossing the game they didn't make for 15 years and they're yeah. like yeah we'll make this one for the switch it's been forever people might like and some people might yeah, enjoy this it. yeah they probably want it and, and they knew it would do sell four times as many as many copies as they as they and, you know, anticipated. Expected. Yeah, like mm-hmm. they knew it would do well, and like ten million units would have been like 
absurdly good for an Animal Crossing game. Uh, yeah. But if, yeah, again, we're like triple times that. So yeah, it's just the expectation rises with that. I understand it. It's it's I, I I'm playing the long con here. I, I'm hoping there will be a payoff for it. Maybe by the end of the year. Maybe not until next year. We'll see. Yeah, I'm sure. Sh- I'm sure they're not done with that game. But but yes. it, but it's just it's just it's just interesting to see like yeah. where, where it's at. Like a, like it's been over a year since it's been out. Even like more. Yeah, like a year and a half or so. I wonder how well it's like selling now compared to like, mm, let's say like this time last year, you know, like kind of end of sure. summer last year. Sure. Sure. Yeah. We, we may never know, but I'm just curious. Yeah. 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 Definitely. Definitely an interesting thing, but yeah, I mean, that's, that's honestly kind of all the news news I grabbed really. There wasn't, there wasn't a whole lot really. Cause I feel like, you know, we're at that, we're at that kind of, little bit of period of like E3 happened and they kind of told us everything. And now, mm-hmm. now like everything, they all the games they announced are just coming out. So we're just kind of, you know, yeah, cards are on the table. Bide, bide our time, waiting for some games to come out. And so, like, some, you, know, you know, a few games did come out. So we're, we're going to talk about those. Yeah. But, we, we kind of know what the rest of Nintendo's year looks like for the most part too. Like yeah. presumably it's a lot of hubbub about a September direct, which is not, not ridiculous to, to think could be happening. So we, we might have some, like maybe one more thing that we don't know about this year explicitly, but yeah, I, like we got a pretty good year for Nintendo games yeah. going forward. Yeah, so. okay. Uh, no More Heroes 3 soon, uh, Metroid Dread, you know, New Mario Party, like all, m- new Pokemon. There's a lot of stuff um, to look forward to. Um, but yeah, let's let's get into, let's just jump into video games. Video games, y'all. We've been games. playing like the some Switch games did come out. Uh, so let's get into I think the first big one we should talk about is Pokemon Unite, because I think like let's that game, like kind of I think it surprised a lot more people than I think uh, they were expecting. Right. Like, I think it came like people kind of saw them were like, eh, I don't know if this is this, you know, it's made by a mobile com- mobile game company and like. It is for sure a mobile game, but I think like there's a lot more like interesting depth uh, to this game and like Pokemon Unite, you know, it's the Pokemon MOBA. Um, we've, we've all been playing it. Um, I will say like for me, like in terms of like, I have not played a lot of MOBAs before this. Like I know like very general basic knowledge stuff of just like, you know, I follow giant. There's Bomb. a jungle. Yeah. There's a jungle. <laughs> like, you know, like giant bomb. They used to play like, I know Brad she used to be part of giant bomb did Dota stuff for many years. And like, that was like a whole joke inside joke with them. And like, I kind of, that's like, that's kind of my knowledge is like them playing it on there and like me watching some of their videos and being like, okay, yeah. I get a general idea of like, you know, there's like very deliberate team compositions and when to, when to push and control lanes and stuff like that. But this is where I'd say like the most, like actually like actively playing it and learning those things. But no, Jared, you're, you're, you're probably, you've played every mobile safe, safe to say you've played everyone and you've and you still <laughs> you, you still I, I would assume play some league of legends um here and there <clears throat> when i don't want to uh leave you know an eight hour day at work that triggered me and then go home and just re-trigger myself yeah. <laughs> uh some those days i just won't play league but when i need when i have some extra space in my life to be disappointed yeah, i'll be, play some be league. upset and angry that's good yeah. that you have the, yeah. the choice that freedom of choice there i love it i'm self-aware enough to know that i don't really need to be tilted the entire day <laughs> yeah yeah right maybe so, i should save some nights for like for me yeah, yeah. no um, to be upset but i have played a bunch of MOBAs and I'll I'll say that Tencent 
um, Games, which is the lead developer on here. I think they, there's another developer um, mm-hmm. <clears throat> too. But Tencent Games, especially in the past five or six years, has really been involved in making online, like making mobile mobas. Um, I see. Mm-hmm. That's that's kind of what they do in China. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, they do everything in China. Yeah. Let's <laughs> be clear. But um, when they get involved in your company, it's usually to find a way to make it mobile in somewhere because that yeah. is the market in China and many Asian markets because most people play their games on phones there. Yeah. Um, the ports of, well, not the port, I guess the redesign of League called Wild Rift that is mobile and console sort of based is led by Tencent. Yeah. Um, they before they did the league wild rift version of this game they made like four uh mobas that were just league ripoffs yep basically. i played i think one of them um i wrote guides for one of them a couple years like a yeah. few years ago before fanbyte was Zam, or before fanbyte became fanbyte there were a website called zam and i wrote mm. guides for one of the mobas they developed that was just league with different characters basically nice. um so they've been in this game for a while. So if you okay. wanted someone to make a game, uh, uh, a MOBA for like a handheld or a mobile phone, they're actually the people you'd want to go to. Yeah. Um, so that, that they were sort of picked up for this um, was a pretty good decision. Um, clearly, this is a game sort of designed specifically to get into a market they may not have been in. Yeah, yet. totally. Um, I don't know that Chinese. There's a big Chinese fan base for Pokemon. I don't. I, I actually don't know. Yeah, I, I don't know. That's say, true. I'm, I'm gonna assume yes, I'm, just because there's I'm, a big fan base for Pokemon everywhere. Right. Yeah. That's that's totally fair. It's like one of the top five brands yeah. in the entire world. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would definitely say like there's probably definitely some popularity over there, but I would say this is definitely this would. I don't think this would would exist otherwise if it, if they right. didn't see the see like it, yeah. see a market like how how you're. It's not an experiment it. you just do yeah. without you know some sort of value added somewhere. Totally. Um, I think minus the sort of monetization scheme they have, which I think it's a different story and not as great. Yep. Um, the the game itself, I think, being developed with the limitations of the handheld in mind, I think is working pretty well. Um, yeah, for a MOBA, I think you know there are some hurdles you kind of have to just get into or get over. Uh, targeting is not precise all the time. You can kind of go through your menu and figure out how to make it more precise for you, but there's just like right. sometimes you're going to want to hit somebody with an ability, and somebody else is going to get hit with that ability because those two dudes are the same distance away from you. Yeah, and the computer picks somebody else, and you're like, well, yeah. that sucks. Yeah. Um, in a game where a skirmish could end in three seconds, that is probably something that's going to lose you a battle. Yes. Uh, yep. Oops. I think that is something you can get over, I think. What I, I find to be fascinating and the most Nintendo thing ever is that this MOBAs are usually games that are very stat-reliant. Like un, What's going on under the hood is a very important part of the MOBAs, especially for people who take it very seriously. Right. Um, I see. And to see A, you know, the first week or so it was out what the descriptions of how these of some moves work are just like this does damage um (laughs) when you do this you do more damage yeah yeah um or you take less damage um Uh and then the patch comes out and tell and says this guy does less damage and you're like well what does that mean yeah um this this move was upgraded yeah this move is upgraded this move (laughs) works differently okay what is it how 
Yeah. Uh, in, in the case of Gengar, it not only did it work differently, it was broken for like 12 hours. Yeah. Oh, yeah I remember uh, that. <laughs> it's, it's funny to see Nintendo use their Nintendo shit where they kind of close off a lot of that information in a game that is like the most information based. The only way they can make yeah. it maybe more funny is if this was actually like a turn based strategy game or like a grand strategy 4X game and there was no information, there was no numbers. Yep. Um, it took it took forever even for like a game like Super Smash Brothers to get more detailed yeah. patch notes because like that was the same thing for like years of like they would update it and be like this this game got updated they would even give you like a list of like any characters they changed they would just be like and like there it just took like you know a week of YouTubers like going in and like having to like keep 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 a version of the game that's like on the previous patch. And this mm-hmm. game to like find it. So like and yeah, make the Nintendo for Nintendo. Yeah, yeah, I know. yeah they do it for them. They literally and did it for it's them. Really, really wasn't even until like yeah. Ultimate where that became a factual thing yeah. because yeah. it became so, a competitive thing and people were it was going to Evo. So either Nintendo accepts the fact that like whether they wanted to or not, people are taking this seriously as a serious fighting game and a lot of the hype you're getting from the community are from these people. So you have to maybe appease them in some way, or they're yep. just going to do this out of spite. Like you can't avoid it. So either help them out or yeah. be part of the problem. And I wonder if this game has the sort of, I don't know, momentum to even be that. Cause this is like a very, I think in a month. Or they just kind of walk away from and go back to wherever they came from. Um, yeah. Because it, it is a very, casual experience in both in both good and quote unquote bad ways. I think it's yeah. great because it's a 10 minute game. No yes. matter how long no matter what you're doing, it's a 10 minute game at most. Yeah. Um you which is very good at not being triggered because you can have a bad game that <laughs> only lasts 10 minutes and not yeah, 40 minutes. And it's over. Yep. You'd yeah. have four bad games in this in the span if you can have one bad game of league or like a half a bad game in Dota. Yeah. Um and you get immediate feedback with how builds work almost immediately. Like you kind of see, you see if something works or not almost immediately. Whereas Mm -hmm. in a game where you have to do a lot of like micromanaging, a lot of purchasing like in-game items to change your stats dynamically and kind of hope the growth hits some point in a couple minutes where in this, you pick a move, these two moves work together. You see that work all the time. And the only thing you have to manage is how much you're grinding or whatever. Yeah. But that that also kind of hits a wall where when someone plays two, three hundred games of that, these are your hardcore players. They make it to expert or veteran or whatever. Are these guys now going pro? Like, is there a space for them to go pro? Is it yeah. just a bunch of pros you know, like at the same highest level that are just kind of spamming things at each other? Is like where is the ex- the skill expression? Where is the the competitive edge? Yeah. Like, is this a fun game to watch? on Twitch, like, can you create a pro scene around it? I think, I don't know what Nintendo's plans are there, but I think that needs to be revealed in the yeah. coming month or so, or that's going to determine whether this game has a future. Yeah, why does the future? Yeah. Well, I, th- I think one thing about this is, I don't necessarily know if there'll be, like, Nintendo-run things, but I know the Pokemon company themselves, like, do run their own, like, tournaments for a lot of their games, uh, like, you know, even just like Pokemon, like the, like the general Pokemon games, like there are like, you know, global series of stuff like that. And they do like, and they like kind of take their other kind of more, I guess, quote unquote side games and like layer that stuff with it, like trading card tournaments 
and like uh, I think even Pokin is still like done at some of those. Oh really? Yeah, and like so I know Pokemon Company still still does stuff. It's like obviously not at the level of like a lot of this other stuff. So I, I'd be curious to see if like that's where this ends up in like those things of like maybe there are teams that like take this very seriously and they just you know Nintendo provides this. I w- like I want to say like it probably will because I want to say even like sometimes Pokemon Go is like tournaments or like at that thing where like people like bring yeah. up their mobile phones and like fat, like do battles. I mean, we could fashion. see one tournament then I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yes. I think this is also with on top of being able to like throw it in the roster of other things you can do at a Pokemon event hosted by the Pokemon company. Um, this has some crossover appeal in a way that the card game maybe didn't or yeah. The, the competitive Pokemon sort of six on six duels didn't right. where like, I think you could show up at uh, a PAX and you hit like the big Twitch rival stage yeah. and have an event there for an hour. That's just this game. Um, and you would have a crowd and an excitement and a presentation that you couldn't do with these other members, more slower paced games. Yeah, for sure. Um, I guess which is a benefit. Just as a follow up to that, I was like, you know what? Let me Google search Pokemon Unite Tournament and see what what comes up. Victory Road, which I guess they do a lot of their own kind of fan based Pokemon tournaments, has already done a competitive. Uh, I think I think I saw that on a YouTube clip. I think one of the early YouTube guys was in that tournament. Yeah, so it's July twenty first. That already happened. So I, yeah. at the very least, you know, fan that fan kind of collectivism kind of like yeah. Evo itself is, is experimenting with that. I'm, I am curious, like what is the legs of this? Because, you know, the, one of the things for me going into it, like I knew that at some point that there would be a Pokemon mobile. I feel like they announced this game like, forever ago of uh, like, it announced, Hey, it was announced last year, I think. Yeah. So, so I like I dormant because as soon as I heard of it, yeah, like it, it's a perfect idea. I think like the, yeah. There are a few things that lend themselves to MOBAs as well as something like this. I mean, like the creeps are written themselves like other Pokemon that you don't necessarily need to play. Even like the way that they kind of factored in the jungle Pokemon and you, you could see like on other maps, those being other types of Pokemon that could maybe even have. Which are uh, still other, not, like, have been, had not been debuted yet. Like there are still other maps and other game modes. Yeah. And Pokemon who have been confirmed for the game that are kind of in the game in menus and stuff that yeah. aren't actually playable yet. So yeah. it's a lot of this mm-hmm. game that isn't out yet. Yeah. Yeah. And, and like, like they're, so they're doing like a seasonal thing like mm-hmm. a lot of games do. Adding Pokemon as new characters is is like a perfect fit. And, and it, like it's worth noting, like just as a Pokemon fan and Mike, you've played more. So like I it feels like type matching isn't really a factor no. Um, no. in this, which is good. Like, you know, I've, ultimately for the game itself, it's good. It's yeah. weird, but <laughs> just because yeah. it is such a core concept to Pokemon itself. Right. Yeah. To remove that whole layer of the interaction that's defined the series yeah, forever. It's like so it's like, yeah. integral right. to this. But, but, you know, then you can just lean on the Pokemon as a spectacle, right? It's like, here's right. a cool yeah. fire Pokemon. Here's yeah. a cool electric Pokemon. Yeah, exactly. And they and they clearly took took that took that out so that way, like, the Pokemon could be more about playing the, the roles they would in, like, a match of a MOBA. Yeah, and I like think, a and I think that And I think sport. that ultimately yeah. works. And it's yeah. in his favor, which I was surprised by, like seeing that, like, like even like at, fir- at first, obviously, it's just like, you know, clearly like the first like week or so, it's just people trying out stuff and clear like a lot of people who have probably never touched a MOBA in their life or like who are much younger and like don't have 
the idea of like how this even works and just, you know, bring around a map and just doing stuff and messing around to like, all right, now it's like a week later and I'm like jumping into ranked matches and like seeing people like, you know, go like these two go up into a top lane and then like figure out how to like work together to like defend or control or like push in and like seeing that kind of like more actually work and like make mm-hmm. sense was like cool to see. Like, cause I, again, like I've seen some of that stuff, like, but if not like played those games, so yeah. being able to like have this more condensed version of it in this version in this game is cool. And also like, I kind of like just personally, like the more casual nature of it, of like, yeah, like you said, it's only 10 minutes. So like, you can just kind of like do a couple matches and be good. It's also not about like destroying it's, towers. It's it's, it's like yeah, this whole it's literally sc- about scoring. Yeah, your your kill death ratio doesn't matter. It's it, it's, it really it's a lot more jolly, game. you know. Yeah, and and, I, and and even like a like a level of like I don't have to play on a PC and have some some like racist person just like blowing yeah, a, yeah, like, 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 like after this, yeah, yeah, or, or something like that. And like even like that alone is like a big selling point for me. Yeah. I think some of the efforts they've taken to sort of take pressure off of the game maybe need to be added back. I think some things don't take pressure off. They just like obfuscate for no reason. Like, I don't know why you don't, you can't figure out what the score is at any point. In the game. Yeah. yeah that's super I think weird. It's kind of important to know if you're like, I have to just take the announcer's word for it. If I'm winning or yeah, losing, you're, just waiting and to see like, it. you're getting destroyed. I believe it's like something like <laughs> yeah, that. And like, yeah. they're probably really right. Struggling, struggling or something like <laughs> but that. I, the screen, I would love like, to know by how much I'm, I were struggling. Yeah. Um, yeah. The, the, and how important Zapdos would be. Like the idea that he, it's very important. You should always fight for it is fine, but that we don't know how, like the actual impact of it yeah. until yeah. the game is over. That doesn't feel correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. I definitely think, there's... and that's something you can patch it. They, they, they can figure that out. They can yeah. decide they want that. And like roughly, like you know, four of the goals don't come back or like will disappear at some point. So you can like gauge, like okay, we're doing okay, but you right. know, like yeah. that, that middle like, goal, you can just keep dunking in forever. Yeah, so and like, you like never yeah, know. like you said, and like like conveying some of that stuff and like seeing the like the point stuff. Because, like, they also didn't really don't tell you, at least unless, unless I missed this the tutorial or one of the advanced ones where, like, when when you get to the final two minutes and Zapdos appears, also all the points become double, like, that you score. It's like double yeah. points when, scoring, yeah. When, when you, get you Zapdos, have Zapdos, that's part you, of the both of having him. He's basically, he's both the other objectives together. So okay. there's there's also like you you make points vulnerable with uh yeah, like with, which you can do with Rotom. Yeah, you can do it on Rotom too. And that will give you a double score so when you get Zapdos it. it makes all points vulnerable so you get double score on all points regardless of which one it is. Got it. Okay. But you also get the plus 20 experience uh from what's the guy at the bottom? Dread, and the Dreadnought. Yeah, Dreadnought and the and the attack and defense buffs from him. Yeah. When yeah. you get Zapdos. So Zapdos is like both of those both of those points but better right but and his role is so oversized and i think part of that is because you don't know if you're winning or losing and by how much so you don't know whether it's important to fight over him or not so you just do it yeah whether you want to actually go for him or not that feels better in ranked when people want to play strategically it feels really bad in normal when no one's doing the same thing they're all just kind (laughs) of running around just running around yep yeah. And there's no great way to communicate to them to be like, you should just go do this. Like, I can't spam ping, go do this. Not that they would listen anyway. Yeah. Right. But th- I feel like I'm just re- like, I'm 
alone running there and there's no way to convince anybody else that they should be helping me except <laughs> if I just die or get lucky stealing it or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and th- those are all things that can change in time. And I think that that is also not a factor if you're playing with friends. You can just be on you know, Discord and tell them. The, the communications factor it changes that game in a lot of ways. Um, for sure. But, it's, you know, for, for the game at 900 Pokemon, uh, many of the most popular ever are not in this game yet. So the future yeah. of this game seems pretty, it's pretty, 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 uh, pretty, pretty easy right. to see. Yeah, yeah and they've, they've, already, they've already gotten costumes for a lot of them on lock. And, and they're, like they're, they, they're, they're already teasing new costumes already on like their, they have like a Twitter page. And it's like, here's, here's another costume for this guy. We, yeah. we yeah. talked about it on our group stream that we did of, of Unite, and it, that was a fun, ton of fun. So for folks watching this, should go watch us play that. But uh, like they like have even they went so far as like make an in-world lore reason why this works and like why Pokemon devolve to their lowest form and then level up again and yeah. evolve throughout the map. Like I, I do appreciate that there, there was like on top of the, the Pokemon stuff, like we, you get a little bit of that love and care that TLC that like you get from some of the better Pokemon spinoff games. And, and I feel that here, this doesn't feel like a a throwaway one and and neither does like new Pokemon snap or, or any of the more recent kind of Pokemon spinoffs like Pokemon and stuff like, and I appreciate that there's like, we're, we're long from the time of like OG Pokemon Stadium where it's just like there's no real context. They're just here. You're fighting. Yeah, it's it's yeah. time to fight. Uh, which I, it's cool. It it adds to the charm of the game, and and I appreciate it a lot. Although, uh, Jared, you brought this up. The unspoken distaste of Raichu is disgusting to me. I won't. I don't get it. it. I don't understand. Yeah. Raichu is a super I've, cool Pokemon. You every can other so, Pikachu up so. to learn Bolt Tackle, and then you can get Raichu. I swear it's okay. Most other Pokemon evolve in this game, except him. He's just yeah. Pikachu forever. <laughs> there's not a thunderstone on the field and it's not like you're not gonna you know like you won't remember pikachu if he evolves like you don't (laughs) just forget pikachu but like it's the it's the dedication to that canon that is like yeah but like also if i bet if like uh what was it like um the 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 little one with the leaf on the top that turns into the the hula dancing girl. If you give her a sunstone, um, uh, I bet yeah. if that was one, you they could just evolve into the. They that. would. They would even worry about it. Vile, vile yeah. blue. Yeah. There wouldn't be some mechanical lower reason <laughs> for it. You know, it's just Pikachu that's trapped in this body of his. Poor Pikachu. So this the, what, no this is, see this is what they can do and why why they haven't done it because now they have just base Pikachu they can put in. Um, they won't put in regular Raichu, but they'll put in the Alolan Raichu. That's uh that's becomes a surf that has like surfs on his tail, and then you have a whole new Pokemon with new abilities and new stuff to sell. Oh, I'm so that's, that's probably that's probably what they'll do. That that Sitaru is Iwata, You have nothing to do with this game. <laughs> Rest <but> in peace. <laughs> if you could resurrect yourself and fix this, fix it, fix Pokemon yeah. Unite. Wow, what stop. a tall order. <laughs> yeah, please stop hiding. Yeah, uh, you and Tupac are hiding on the island. I I know, <laughs> I know. My source tells me. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I, I think overall, I, I I enjoy this game a lot, and I, I think it won't be a game I'm like necessarily being like going hardcore in. But I think like in a way, like honestly, in a way, I play a mobile game where it's like, all right, I'm gonna jump on and like do three matches, get like the like daily stuff done, and then 
hop off and then drop off and then because that's that's like in some ways i'm fine enjoying it that way but that's also in part because of it's a it's a free-to-play game and it has like some pretty intense like mobile game like 70 stuff. currencies the kind of stuff that yeah. you expect some, some, yeah. some, of it, some of it's some of it's like not even the currencies it's just like how frequent they give you the currencies because you kind of have that that always that thing right with mobile games like you get like the initial like a week of like do all this initial stuff we're just gonna give you a bunch of stuff yeah and give you and like you can just do whatever and it's like i i, I got all that stuff and then i think i saved up to 10k coins so i could buy like i think i bought gengar and then and then you, you run out of that and then like all the coins you can get really now at this point that i'm even at even i've only played like maybe like 40 to 50 matches it's through those daily things so you're only getting like you're barely getting maybe like 100 250 coins a day or in that range and like the, the cheapest pokemon i think are what like six six thousand six thousand i think yeah <laughs> or you can buy the, the 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 gem currency the actual pay currency to unlock it's been them a faster. while so. it's been a while for me but it is not far off from the last time i played league of legends that is about the same trickle uh gotcha. i think League is and that game has 150 plus characters or whatever. So yeah, and then all the skins, many this thousand a thousand skins in the game probably. Um, yeah, and the way you achieve the currency to buy is a little bit different because everything that you gain, like you don't gain the currency directly anymore in League. You just gain a bunch of shit that you can then turn into at the currency. Got it. So if you play a lot and unlock a lot of like the Every like little character account level you make, it gives you something. But also, you'll you'll unlock chests depending on how you play or whatever. And all the little um, daily give you sort of rewards too. You turn all that stuff in, be they tokens for skins or tokens for characters, turn them into what's called blue essence, and you can spend the blue essence really however you want. Hmm. In this game, you and you can just go buy what is the orange essence, which is the actual for money stuff, and pay that way as well. Um, but it, the the trajectory for playing and unlocking enough to get like a mid tier character price wise in league seems to be a way easier grind um, as far as the amount of games you have to play than Pokemon yeah. Unite. Now that said, these games are a fraction as long. Um, so I'm not sure if it really is like, t- like actual real time wise. I don't know if we'd right. be spending more or less doing yeah. that. Yeah. Um, it does seem way harder to grind in Pokemon Unite though, because you start yeah. running out of ways to make the money because you don't make the money at like you make very little money after every match, yes. depending on like whatever the yeah. it was like a little host like a you did good and you were a nice guy like meter yeah. that you can get money <laughs> yeah. from somehow. Like, but like, it's like dailies and weeklies, and then you can also take. I think it's like. You get like purple tickets. That's one of the currencies. Yeah, and you can take that to a store in the shop. And uh, there's like, there's tons of like, here's XP boosters or coin doublers. Mm-hmm. Like, there's tons of stuff like that. So you could go all in on that. But you can also mm-hmm. use those those tickets to buy the, the items that Pokemon hold to upgrade in matches. And that's where things get so really like, dicey, because in League there there are no held items like that that you can buy and make better right that that you are now just automatically better right. on your way into a match that used to be years ago and they changed that because this was a weird sort of balancing it, it cut off new players from the jump because you didn't play enough where in this right. game you have to upgrade these held items and the held items get better 
mm-hmm. with, depending on the level they are. So like, if we have the same hot item, but yours is level one and mine is level ten, I have whatever the distance between those levels are as an advantage in that particular ability. So I can't imagine it would take you fucking forever if you're not paying real money to get the thirty to get the max. But if I'm someone who wants to take this seriously, I'm. What if I just buy enough to make all the maxes, and now I'm walking into every match with this advantage? Now, yeah, it's hard to know what that advantage really is because Nintendo doesn't tell you what these numbers are. So you really don't know what <laughs> yeah. what ten percent is. Like ten percent mm-hmm. could be nothing, or it could be anything. The items to me read a lot more like the the kind of abilities that you equip in league like flash or whatever it's called that lets you warp back like that that's what the items kind of read to me more as well the held items are a little different so i mean yeah because you're there the the, the actual active items you use are like those spells there is a literal flash in your night that is just it's it's just that yeah you can just warp back anytime where there's there are equipment you can actually equip to your pokemon um like the this like an assault vest or like a yeah they're a, like a, they're more like passive a rock helmet or something that gives you some sort of passive bonus. I know there's one um, that I really like. It's called the shell bell. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Every time you take damage or every time you use an ability, you like get a shield or a or heal. Mm-hmm. So like yeah. in extended trades, you have that little bit of sustain. So if, like you mm-hmm. and a if I'm a Pikachu and you're a Pikachu, but I have the shell bell on and you don't, and we're the same level. And we're just doing the same abilities. I will win because I'll have I'll be healing back some of this damage I'm taking. Yeah, sure. Um, yeah. The amount of that heal depends on the level of the shell bell. So if someone has a level thirty shell bell and a level twenty shell bell, they have that advantage from the get. Now, and and I know I'm gonna I'm just gonna keep drawing comparisons. Leagues is my only point of reference. Doesn't it also have like the summoner's rift thing? That's like a tree of passive things that you upgrade. Yes, to level but 30? they're not upgrade. They don't. So there's a when you. The things you can equip outside of your character are your summoner abilities, which is like a flash or a heal or a, a ignite, which you just burn someone for a period of time. And they, those things cool down and refresh over time. You can't make those stronger. They do what they do or they get stronger per level based yeah. on the game. So you can't adjust that effect before you get to the game. Yeah. And then there's your um, the uh, rune trees that where you can pick a uh, a keystone ability that really augments your abilities further, mm-hmm. but you don't level those up. Okay. You just have them. What you yeah. have to have is a sheet to put them on. Now you have a limited amount of sheets. You, have, you can buy more sheets if you want to have more presets. Yeah, but that, there's nothing that was stopping you from equipping any of any particular keystone. Okay, that's it. Good. Used to be now that page used to be something that you would that was several trees that you had to put runes into individual slots yeah. and you had to upgrade those runes with money. That's that is more like what Unite is doing. Yeah, that's what last that time I like, played. They took that out in like 2015 because they're like, okay. well, well, new players won't play if we kind of... That's exactly... I didn't play because I hated that thing. Right. So, yeah. You have to farm before you can even play on the same level as everybody. Yeah, that's... Yeah. Okay. That's right. good to know that League doesn't have that. Yeah, because it, it tells me, you know, Unite is kind of probably in a similar position of like they have a lot of these things that might not be great. And some of them will probably be gone. And they have to make money somehow. I get it, but I, that that's one of those things that sort of stops you from becoming a huge momentum game, especially when you don't know the effects of these things. You just know that they have one. Because if your if your thing is stronger than my thing, I just know you're better. I don't know how much, or I, I don't know how big a deal I should make. I should be making of that because none of your abilities have numbers on them, so I don't know what the advantage actually is. So I can I just have to assume it's bad. 
So either you change it or I just feel shortchanged every time I walk into a yeah, thing. Even yeah, if it does take you forever to get from 20 to 30, if you got to 30, it doesn't really matter how you got there. Yeah, as long as yeah, you're, you're there. You're there, yeah. Yeah, and it, just, it, just, it definitely puts that like air of like, you just never know now whenever you go into account encounter, it's like, is this person instantly melting me because like they're there because of, because of what factor exactly, right? Yeah, like, it could, yeah how, how it did could they be beat me here? It could be because yeah. like the Pokemon's just by default really good or it could be like because mm-hmm. they have like a bunch of maxed held items and they're like built a specific way to do that and it's like right. that's like the tricky thing with that game for sure is is learning that but i will say like um even with that stuff like i like i only put eight bucks into it to get the battle pass that's currently available because that's all you need to that's that that basically gets you that and you get like some extra like currency from that, but like not like it's not like a game changing amount by any means. Like it definitely helped me like get some of those items a little bit faster because you're getting the, the the purple tickets to like off the battle pass to buy that. Um, but I but I also but also I think something that I, maybe some people don't know is like in the in the like the match selection you can just pick CPU match. Um, from like you can go from like a. Uh, like, as it'll say, I think, I think like one option is like random match. Uh, if you click on random match, it'll let you choose CPU match or like a quick battle or something else. But like, you can do like a CPU match and that's just literally, it takes you and five other people and just push them against five bots. And then it's just like a same thing. The bots are like stupid dumb and like you can kind of steamroll them. Like, even if you don't really know what you're doing that well, but, but it does kind of mitigate some of that of like, okay, now I can. If you if you if you really do fear running into that kind of pay to win scenario that much, I feel like you can just go into those bot matches and still get you still get like the currency and the experience you would from a normal match, and you and you can like you know pl- try out the Pokemon you have, and and then you can like you know grind your way to get some of that stuff if you want to stick to free free to play. It's like at least that's like there. I don't know if like other games let you do stuff like that too. No, nah, not for resources. Yeah, I didn't know that was a thing. Like, yeah, I couldn't yeah. put. A, I didn't get a, an, a bot match in league and like gain anything from it. Yeah, yeah. you can just play with people. You can't just yeah. get stuff from it. Yeah, even custom cool. matches, you really can't. Like, even if you yeah. had ten players in a custom match, you wouldn't be able to gain anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's just like I think it's just one of those things where like the the, the UI for that game is there's a lot of just like things everywhere for Pokemon Unite. I feel like. Yeah. But I think that's just because it's like, you know, it's, it is eventually supposed to be a mobile game. So, like, everything's mm. just there instead of, like, you tabbing through things. But, yeah. Yeah, very curious, like, playing this on, like, a iPhone with, like, a, not a, like, a one of those controller things. Some no, backbone or whatever. Yeah, like a backbone mm-hmm. or something. I, I'm very curious, like, what that experience is going to look Obviously, probably a little bit more consistent frame rate but i, I will say this game runs very well it has yeah. an fps counter just like any moba does yeah and you can runs very well you know yeah, Got the you ping can, counter and the fps yeah. in the corner yeah and you, and you can like that's like i will say there's also like a lot of options like you were saying earlier jared of like you can go in and get a little finer like there's even like like a performance mode style thing yeah of like you can like change your fps and whatnot in that too that was kind of the the most impressive part is all these weird targeting options because it yeah. kind of knows it's shortcoming so it's like we're trying to help you help yourself there's only yeah. really one attack button on the face and then you use your abilities with the shoulders but you can actually map attacks across two buttons right so that you can actually prioritize whether you're hitting like player wild or pokemon a, yeah. or a player yeah um you can change you can show like a target wheel on the yeah. side of the screen if you want to actually like hand pick a target um, or, you know, show you who's in range of stuff. Like, 
it, there's a there's a lot of ways to get a lot of information. It's just funny with all those ways to just the way you in, you, you input in the game and all the ways you can kind of display information on the screen. It still just doesn't show a score. what would also be yeah, very valuable information, score? like what the score is right now. <laughs> what is the score? They even they even, they even show like if you, if you watch that like like the cool like there's like a cool like CG cutscene like th- there's like a score like in that like they like they like show there's them like doing dogs and there's the scoreboard yeah, you're like, like I want to do that yeah like, yeah I wanna, can I, I see the scoreboard where, where's the scoreboard <laughs> where is come on come on it's that's like such a bizarre thing yeah but it's also I, it like, was so bizarre like I the first time I played a match I was like I, well I must I have to play the tutorial because there must be some way to see the score no way no nothing it's great very weird but yeah I'm I'm. Yeah, this this is definitely one of those games. I think I'll, I'll I'll play in like little bursts, but I don't think I'll like be playing it like hardcore by any means. But I'm also like super curious to see like where it is three like two three months from now. Is like, are, are, is it still going pretty strong? Because I know like at least like towards the beginning, like I was like curious to see like how it was on Twitch, and there was like almost like 150,000 people like concurrent oh, viewers in the thing, and I was just like, dang. I don't know if it's still that. Like that was like a like, probably it's, not. But it's still probably not like, that high. It's, but it's, it's not that high, but it's it's still going. It's still. Yeah. I think two days ago, I spent. Well, right after the patch, it was like 70 or 80. Um, wow. I want to okay. say there was maybe 30 or 40 last time I looked, which was I don't know. That's, I want to say three days ago, like during the weekend. Yeah, that's still pretty. Um, that's still pretty decent. I would say. But if it, if it does ten or if it does ten or fifteen, I think that's still pretty good. Yeah, eleven thousand right now. So yeah. eleven. So yeah, that, yeah. that sounds right. I, I'm Smash. Good, yeah. I know Smash sort of rotates around like in between five and ten, um, yeah. depending if there's like a a, a weekly event. Um, yeah. A lot of the fighting games don't do that much. I mean, Street Fighter doesn't do very much at all. But like, yeah, during Wednesday night fights or around like the middle of the week, you'll see. Like Guilty Gear and Tekken do some real numbers on Twitch as well, so it's it's up there. Yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, and yeah. And I just want to see yeah, what what it's like in three months. Like, is, they, is that where we start finally getting to see like you know new modes or new yeah, map it, new maps or like you know seasons to I know this? Yeah, they they, they already added a new Pokemon, which I was like, kind of impressed how quickly they added a new Pokemon, and like so we already know like the next one. Um, was I'm, it Blastoise that got added? Uh, Gardevoir was added. Gardevoir. Blastoise is, is supposed to happen at yeah. some point. He's, I think yeah. he's next. So that, that one's next. Um, which I'm looking forward to because I Hydro had Blastoise. Let's Blastoise. Go. Blastoise was an OG favorite. Uh, but yeah, po- yeah, Pokemon. And you know they're you know they're going to get the Squirtle Squad Blastoise as a skin. So oh yeah. yeah, with the sunglasses on a Blastoise. Hell yeah, they gotta. That's that'd be such a good one. Um. There's, there's more Pokemon to talk about, but I think we can take a little Pokemon break. Uh, and I'm curious to hear what you have to say about Skyward Sword HD, Alex O'Neill. Let's get into it. Go rationalpatches.com. Go take a time capsule back to 2011. Read my review of Skyward Sword <laughs> when I was a young, a young, oh, wow. optimistic 20-year-old boy. I was yeah. not 20. I was like 18. Uh, and I really World believed in, in the you. motion controls. <laughs> You're a believer. Uh, I, I could like any pull quote you pull from that review on is absolutely terrible. I'm sure. But you know that I like it being there just because it reminds me of how far I've come. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So Skyward Sword HD, um, I've played this game exclusively without motion controls. Didn't even touch it. Don't care to touch it. Uh, I had that. The times have changed. Yeah. Three times I played through that game with motion controls. and I am good. Uh, So it's fun. You know, like, 
for folks who don't know, Skyward Sword HD, you can map the all of the controls of the sword to the right analog stick and kind of any precision there is is pretty much one to one with the the movement that you had with uh, Wii Motion Plus. Um, so you have kind of eight cardinal directions and then you can click in the right stick in order to do your jab attack, your pierce. Um, but so they, they've adapted things to kind of work alongside that. So, for example, if you want to use the right stick to use the camera, you have to hold the L1 button um, at, at any point, um, which can sometimes become janky. Like if you go up a ladder and you're holding the L1 button um, while you're still on the ladder and get off, you then have to release and press the L1 button again to take control of the camera, like stuff like that, where it just clearly this feels kind of like a secondary thought. Um, <laughs> a lot of people hate that, like holding the L1 part. I, I just, you know, and by a lot of people, I mean like probably four folks I saw on Twitter. Let's, let's be real. Mm-hmm. Um, hate the, the holding L1. I, it's, it's not too bad. Like a lot of how I use the camera in 3D Zeldas is just clicking L2 to like reezy target frame just directly in front of you. Mm-hmm. And to be fair, that's how this game originally, uh, like how I played played it most of the way because you're, you're kind of dowsing your hand around. So like that is obviously the big change here. They, they've done a lot of great quality of life changes to this version of the game. You know, in the original version of Skyward Sword, if you quit the game and came back, any item that you pick up again, you have to re-get the whole the whole oh this fucking thing and like he holds it up and, I, and that is like i i know it sounds like not a big deal but i promise you like that is such a huge bummer every time you quit <laughs> yeah, that game say, and come back it that's, is that's to save you so much time i feel <laughs> it is it saves so much time but also you know fi uh your your navi place placeholder here is she like she doesn't chime in nearly as much I, it's hard to get a kind of precise amount of ha- how f- how many how many fewer interruptions she has, mm-hmm. but a lot of like, hey, I can tell you that you can douse this for this thing now, which dousing don't even have to engage with that mechanic as much anymore. Uh, Jared, I don't know if you know what dousing is, but you hold out, you like wave the controller around, and you like yeah. you metal detector for things, but it's like magic dousing. So like, Fi's like, I can douse for Zelda now. And it's just like, it's a little picture of her in a menu and then you're like waving your sword around. Look, and it's like beeping when you're pointing it where Zelda is, I guess. So you're just like, like an old beach comber. Basically, that is half the, of this yeah. game. Dousing is how you find, are you supposed to find everything in this game, which is oh. very silly. Um, you're like, you're, you guys, you guys heard about this move controller. Yeah. <laughs> Basically. What do you make um, me use it every single step of the way? So, so if I like honestly, thirty percent of Fi's interruption is her telling you like, "Hey, you can douse for this now." And again, dousing is just a thing of like, if you don't really know where to go, it's kind of like your hint system to get you back on rails. So the fact that she was constantly interrupting you to tell you that you can douse for things is basically like, "Hey, you need to go do what the next story objective is all the time." Don't fucking look around. I don't care what you want to look for. There's nothing <laughs> interesting to find here. Just go look for. It. So like that. Keep in mind, like when people complain about Fi and how she interrupts or, or like essentially the game stops. She pops out of the sword and you have to sit and listen to her talk about a thing. Like it really is like just cutting the throat of any freedom of exploration in this game. And, and like so them reducing the amount of interruptions that you have kind of like really letting you just walk around and figure out where stuff is. 
makes the game a lot more enjoyable. I think like all that said, all of these changes, right? The the final feeling coming back to it is just like what's here is not that exciting. And and <laughs> more it is more vivid to me now, obviously years removed, but also like Breath of the Wild really changed the landscape of of this franchise, I think, and like the the thing that I didn't expect that I would love about Breath of the Wild is how directionless it is. Uh, and, and that's typically a thing I, I really don't like in games. But when they took it and applied it to Hyrule and gave you like just the concept of a familiar area of like, hey, here's Gerudo Desert. Here's this or domain. Here's like a new kind of jungle area. Uh, here's like Hylia. You know, here's the Death Mountain. Like just going to these places and find you will you will just find stuff to do. It, it is not a matter of like, obviously, there's the, the kind of main path that you can take in each region. But there's just stuff to look for and, and you want to look for stuff and you want to just walk around and be in that world. Whereas Skyward Sword, everything in this world is constructed like a dungeon puzzle. And I, I think like the first time you go through it, it it's kind of cool because there's this intricacy to everything where you're pushing blocks and opening shortcuts and in a way, it's kind of like Dark Souls of like, oh, I open this gate now or I push this thing down so I can get back up. Uh, and now I've kind of looped back in on this area and and I can navigate a little bit more easily. But now, like coming back to it for my fourth time playing this game and my first time kind of playing it without any gimmicks attached, it is like like this just like weird, like none of this fits together. This just looks like a puzzle room that somebody like cut out of a dungeon and dropped out into the open area. And in it, there's zero cohesion with anything like none of any part of Skyward Sword feels like a lived in place. Like there are times in the desert area because you use these stones to kind of like shift regions back in time. So like this kind of area of effect region is in gone backwards in time. And those parts are really cool and they, they make it feel like it's telling an environmental story. But then you just look at how everything is built and laid out and it is so like clearly this block is here just so you can climb up here. Clearly this row is just the only path forward here. Clearly this mine card is just to get over this ledge. And like there are these very typical obstacles in its way and everything just feels way more cookie cutter. Uh, and maybe this is like too much of a high concept problem to have with it, but like going from <clears throat> breath of the wild where like a village feels like a village, like everywhere, every person in Hatena village has a routine Every person has a bed that they go back to at night. Every person has a thing. And Skyloft has all that. And Skyloft has like this great organic feeling to it uh, as kind of your hub town that you're always going back to. And as soon as you go anywhere else, it's like, who made this? Like, who who built this world this way? Because it just doesn't feel organic at all. Yeah. Uh, and it's it, that contrast is most apparent going from Breath of the Wild to, to Skyward Sword for sure. And I'm sure like I, I know Ocarina of Time has some of these same problems of like weirdly overly constructed and very clearly visible puzzles uh, in areas. <clears throat> but but nowhere is it just like every single room you go into everywhere you go in Skyward Sword is mm -hmm. like this. And it, it just it's almost like you can just see the path that you take. You can see that parts of this world are, you know, you don't even have to look at, you don't even have to spend any time in because there's nothing there. It's just like everything serves the purpose of being a puzzle to move you forward in the story. And then you have to go back to each region three times. So it's like, 
it, it, every time you come back and even if it's like opening more shortcuts or unlocking new regions, it just makes it more apparent in each region how like meticulously constructed it is. And the the Elden, like the volcano region, you just like go through the same region three times. And it's not more interesting each time. There are different things. Like one time you have to protect this sassy little robot who's always an asshole to you. You have to like protect him. And it's like, boy, I don't want to do this. And then the other, the next time it's like, oh, all these monsters took all your stuff. And now it's like a stealth section. It's like, okay, this is cool. But boy, do I wish it wasn't in this region that I'm in for the third time. And I'm doing basically engaging with all of this area and all the same puzzles that are laid out in this region in the exact same way uh, a lot of the times. And it's just, it is a supreme bummer how disappointing just walking around that world is. Uh, and then, like, obviously all that is building to the, the dungeons, and I, I think most of those are not very good. Uh, have like you... The, go ahead, Jared. Have you gone back and played... Is this the first one you've played previous to Breath of the Wild since Breath of the Wild? So I've been playing a little bit of like Wind Waker on the side as well, which is like probably the next game that I it's been the longest since I've played. And it, it that game has a similar issue, but like even the the areas and, and to be fair, like Wind Waker is such a bizarre game just in general, because each island is kind of like its own little dropped in world. Mm-hmm. Um, but like that game even has like a better placement of parts of the world that, that makes sense. Even if it's like, Oh, there's always a grappling hook thing that I can grapple onto. Um, and you know, wind waker is, is probably not the best example. Like twilight princess or Ocarina of time would be better one-to-one examples, but it, it, like skyward sword also has that problem of there's only these three places, uh, where every other game has at least a few more to like eight, it feels yeah, like yeah, like, yeah. But I, I mean to say that because I what you're sound, what sounds like what you're describing is just old Zelda design. Yeah, like sure. they it, kind it, of made these games a particular way, and then someone in Japan played Skyrim, and they're like, "All right, but what if we did that?" Yeah, and I think that is better. a that's a problem with with old Zelda, and I think it's a problem with 3D Zelda. Like I think 2D yeah, Zelda. Make a more organic world more easily for sure. Um, but like Skyward Sword, it, it is like so narrow and small as well. Uh, and and it is way more of like the, the Final Fantasy 13 effect of like you're just kind of going in a very linear straight path and you're engaging with puzzles, you're moving blocks, you're fighting enemies here and there, but it just feels so rigid. Like at no point at the very end you know like you have to kind of construct these four pieces of a song and it's like all right you have to go back to each region and get a piece of the song from each region again it's like all right great well i have to fucking do this at the very least you can do that in any order mm-hmm. <laughs> like it's the only kind of cool part about the game because like all right i'm gonna go to the desert first because you, you can do that and you can get the hylian shield early and mm. then uh, 13 a good exa- a good parallel because 13 gets a lot of uh crap because it's very linear but like so are all final fantasy games yeah yeah most final fantasy games are actually just as linear they just don't look as linear yeah where final fantasy 13 looked as linear and that was the problem like yeah. the dissidence was over like 
I can't suspend my disbelief. I've just been running down a tunnel for 25 years, and right. Final Fantasy 13 revealed this to me. And 13 also has like that problem where there's like no other characters in it. Yes, <laughs> like there's no and, side quests. Every character you see you. is just saying things, saying words that aren't real to you. Yeah, you're like you're a lot of pro- proper nouns that, that don't make any sense. You can't remember. What's uh, like the the things that Skyward Sword succeeds in are all of the things that I think it is setting up for Breath of the Wild in is it's the crafting system. Like I like that, you know, the bow, the slingshot, uh, and your beetle, like are core items that you get in dungeons and you can upgrade those to make them better versions of them. Sort of like a link between worlds. And I, I think a link between worlds definitely is the bridge between that and breath of the wild. Right. Um, and a link to the between worlds. I, in my humble opinion, does not get enough credit for that. Yep. Um, but like, you know, you can upgrade all your items in that as well. Uh, they're they're really fun side quests in this, and like this is the first game that I think has like a, a a kind of more rigid formula for side quests. I think it's a bummer that half, like thirty percent of the side quests, maybe not half, but almost half, are just like, hey, something fell below the clouds. Can you go get it for me? And then you <laughs> just go down and you get this annoying ass- asshole <laughs> robot to come pick it up for you and bring it back. And the, those side quests specifically would be great. If you had that goddamn loft winning amiibo where they locked fast travel to the ground and back from because you're literally just going down and coming right back. Uh, and there's an amiibo that can do that, but only if you spend $25 and can find it. Um, yeah, like this definitely doesn't feel as cluttered and it's a much easier game because like they give you six hearts at the beginning of this game, not because it's hard, but because it's like a very inconsistent control scheme could cause a lot of frustration. You might swing and miss something and just die. (laughs) Yeah. Or, you know, you might be trying to swing one way and that this, every enemy has like a thing where if you hit them, they just immediately counter and it's like, all right, whoa, hey now, like it's (laughs) such a weird thing for a game that seems like you should be kind of like experimenting with how you're swinging enemies. Um, but yeah, like at the end of the day, like being able to do the shield bash by clicking the left stick and having that reliability on the controls by using the right stick, it just makes every combat encounter a joke. Uh, and and not in a bad way. Like I think there's still cool epic moments. Like there's great sword fights with Girahim and Demise, the final boss in this. Uh, and they're good moments that they build to. It's a bummer that there's only like four of those fights in the whole game. And, and there are, all the best moments and everything else I could honestly do without, you know, like right. there, there's just not a lot that Skyward Sword does better than any other Zelda game. Uh, in fact, I would say there's probably nothing, you know, maybe the story, but even I am not like the guy, like I think the story is cool, but like it's about forging the master sword and forging the master sword ends up being like visually like the least climactic thing. Like mm. you think like, taking it to all these places a blacksmith that like is the only person in the world that can temper it like a goron that has lived his whole life for this divine purpose of the goddess is like no you just kind of go to the three places and fireballs hit your sword and then it turns into the master sword like that's really (laughs) it and it's like thanks fireballs the coolest sword in video games like truly in my opinion like the cool like the the blade of evil's bane and there are there's a great moment with it at the end uh, we're, we're kind of like all the pieces of the story come together, but you know, it doesn't, it doesn't redeem all of like the coulda, woulda, shouldas of Skyward Sword that I, I feel like, uh, are, are still a bummer, you know, so many years, 10 years later. Uh, but right. like, I will say like, this is the best way to play this game. It looks great, runs great at 60 frames per second. Like, it's so cool to see a, 
proper console Zelda, 3D Zelda running at 60 FPS, like with pretty much zero issues. Um, and like if if you were one of those people that were like, I just don't want to deal with like the headache of having to power through this. Like, I think this doesn't feel like a thing that you have to power through anymore. You can just take it on for face value of what it is. And some people like what it is. It, like, it kind of feels like a really slow JRPG where it's it's more about kind of talking to characters and and listening to them and, and kind of like weird, quirky quests and stuff like that. Um, and if you like that game, and I, I like that game, and I think I like I like Skyward Sword. I think it is fine. I just think like there's a lot. If you're looking for some epic, grandiose adventure, or even like one of the better Zelda games, like this is not it. Um, but it is it is a cool game that does some things cool and well. Uh, and if if like this is the one 3D Zelda you've been waiting to play until it didn't have motion controls, you should try it. I I, I still think that you should try this game. Because I, I am, I think, in the minority of people, like Zelda, hardcore Zelda fans, like, I feel like I probably like any other 3D Zelda game more than this one, but I, I know some that, that really do love this game. One of my favorite depictions of Link, he's just a bum ass that lives Yeah, he's town, just oversleep. And everyone's like, Link, what the fuck are you doing, dude? Like, get it together. <laughs> yeah, it's like... It, impression that like if he got his life together he could be a knight like tomorrow yeah he would be the yeah. the, the, the greatest living creature but uh, he you know just can't you wake know. up on time he just just can't he can't put his life together but yeah as soon as zelda That's falls cool. below the clouds then he gets his act together so. I, just, I, just, I feel like even then it's because he has to because like he's been waiting for her to like make a move but yeah. she's been waiting for him to make a move but <laughs> it's never going to happen so she just happens to fall so now, now he has to do something he's like, oh, because shit. nobody else can what what is cool is like you know this is also a game about the founding of Hyrule, uh, and and like with one of the coolest things like narratively that they do or like most cool subtle things is like they they set up you know the foundation of Hyrule but they never say Hyrule in this game which is cool and and you you feel everything at the end is like uh you know the Triforce Hyrule the Master Sword uh, and the and the cycle you know that that demise kind of creates w- with with Ganon and Zelda and Link and and the Triforce and, and the idea of, of this legend repeating itself in different ways over time. Like all of that I think is awesome. I don't think it's worth, you know, that alone is not worth the whole thing, but you know, if you, if you want to see how we get there, it, it is cool. Mm, that's, that's like, cool. I, I know you've never played this game, Mike. Yeah, I, don't know I, never, I never, I never, I never, I never played it. That's like the only 3d Zelda I haven't played. Honestly, honestly, like the parts you're, you're telling me of like, I've kind of been what I've heard of like, there's there's interesting stuff here, but also like it, it's aged, and some of the world stuff just feels linear in a way that's not the greatest, and that's like kind of turning off points to me. Where it might be something like now that it's easier to play on Switch, and, and yeah, I might play it one day, but I think for now, I'm I'm kind of good, good, but maybe one day when I'm feeling up to it, I I would love like. If if they can in in a similar way like what Breath of the Wild is like like I think Breath of the Wild just easily like effortlessly takes all the best parts of this game like crafting and upgrades and right. and cool side quests and stuff and just perfectly integrates it in that game and obviously I'm a big fan of that game uh, like if if they can do that in Breath of the Wild to to Skyloft and like I'm I would put a hundred dollars down like that off camera in one of those that gameplay trailer is a loft wing that you can mount and ride and yeah. and tame and and fly around the the sky like i, I it feels like that is like just the thing that they were kind of holding back from that trailer 
if they if they really commit to it and basically like you know we're gonna just put Skyward Sword and Skyloft in Breath of the Wild above and you'll be able to kind of go back and forth the way like the Lord always intended. Goddess Hylia has always wanted us to of like you can there's no load you just drop down you come back up like if they can pull that off then uh, that would actualize I think all the dreams of this game in a cool way so we'll see. Okay, nice. Um. Let's move on to our next games. I don't know, Jared. Did you have did you have any other games you wanted to shout out? Or you've just been playing mostly Pokemon Unite. Anything I mean, else, anything else on what Switch? Nintendo really? Games do you play? Not Nintendo games. The last thing I put on Switch was Eldest Souls. Oh yeah, um, mm-hmm. that I reviewed for um, indie game website. Cool. Uh, for one of the many places Chan, who. Um, was once a guest of a former podcast I used to host on this very website. Um, she is managing editor over there. Um, doing good stuff. Like they're 100% devoted to like indie games almost exclusively. Um, every once in a while, they cover like a bigger game. Like they're probably going to cover Psychonauts, for example. But mm-hmm. the the 90% of what they do is just stuff on Steam. Um and I don't know that I would prefer Elder Souls on the Switch. I think that might have not been the best place for it. Sure. Uh, in handheld mode anyway. Um, having a controller is like the best way to play that game because it demands a lot of you. Right. Yeah. Um, so when I docked it, it was fine. It could be anywhere at that. I tried to play a little bit of a handheld, and that was not the move. Sure. Um, yeah, that, that seems like, an, like a very intense... Yeah, anything where you're like, I don't know if I'm going to break my Joy-Con off. (laughs) I should put this down. Do you think I would like uh, Eldest Souls? Um, I think you'll know pretty quickly if you do or don't. Um, (laughs) Sure. It's it's a relatively short game. Um, I like it because it's a boss rush game like Titan Souls, but um, it adds sort of like an RPG element that is a little bit surprising for me anyway. if you've played like Transistor, yeah. where like the enemies, the bosses you beat, you can like take them and install them in your transistor, depending on when you install them, will depend on the bonus they give you. Sure. Um, or how it affects certain attacks you do. There's a lot of that in this game. Like when you defeat a boss, they give you a shard um, that you can sort of equip to certain slots in your inventory, if you will. Um, and it affects the way you do many of your basic stuff. Like you have a dash, you have an attack. A heavy attack, something called like a blood burst, which is just another heavy nice. attack. But when you hit with a blood burst, it starts a meter, a bloodthirst meter, and during that meter, things happen. Um, you have three styles that are just like another attack, but you can, uh, as you defeat bosses, you get points with like skill trees that like then modify that attack a little bit more. So if you have the counter, for example, um, once you you can upgrade that ability to every time you counter. Um, you gain a, or every time you like dash through something, you gain like a sword will like appear over you. And if you have three of them, the next time you counter those, those three swords actually also attack a counter attack and will just increase the damage your counter attack does. Um, eventually you can upgrade it to like when you counter attack, you give yourself a, a shield for a period of time after you counter attack. So you're invulnerable for a certain amount of damage for a certain amount of time. Um, you can equip one of the shards from a boss that can like, change the way that works even more um 
one of the first bosses you do this with is like a knight that has he's just like the tower knight basically but he has an extra added bonus where he can like throw out dark tendrils and then pull you across the room cool when you kill him you have an active slot you can just equip the shard in that slot and now you have a dark tendril you can pull yourself across the room with um you can put that on your dash and instead of just dashing you'll dash and leave a trail of these tendrils behind you that'll attack anything that walks through it first. It's kind of like Hades in that regard. Kind of. Um, yeah, like yeah. every everything has like a, it modifies all the little things you do yeah. in a very themed way. Yeah, um, it's cool. Finding yeah. ways to mix and match those things is really cool. And that's that's where you find a lot of the combat depth. That plus the, you know, modifying your your like special style attack, which you can respec at any point. So if you get down to the tree, with one ability and realize like the counter really worked for this last boss and he attacks super slow so i can kind of time him well this next boss attacks super fast and i really can't get this counter off you can change your uh style to something that works for you and not have any not lose any of your talent points you can spec just as far down as you can now at any point cool uh, i think if you want something with like surprising combat depth that doesn't take you very long to beat though the end kind of gets a little rough you might spend a lot of time on the later bosses, but mm-hmm. uh, up until that point, yeah, I think it's pretty cool. I think when it tries to be Dark Souls and like tell a story that's hidden in, in broken pieces, and I think that's kind of s- stupid uh, <laughs> right. and bad. And, and 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 I don't know, developers, know you're listening. Stop it. Stop. Doing it. <laughs> yeah. Stop doing the Miyazaki story. You in your souls, and we're like, listen. You don't have to write a story. Just write narrative prose on a weapon <laughs> description, and that'll be your story. And t- in the next decade, let's just leave that behind. Let's just yeah. tell stories yeah, again. It's over. A character yeah. says something. He wants me to go on a quest to do something else. Cool. Just do that. Because yeah. when you when you put the story on weapons that are in items that I'm just going to have to wander around and pick up, I'm not going to read them. Yeah. I'm sorry. Even if I did read them, I'm not going to put them in the right order. I'm not going to make a YouTube, a 10 hour YouTube video explaining what the lore of your story. Yeah. I don't actually care. But don't yeah. you, don't you see how all the items come together? And if you actually cut out like the yeah. little shapes on yeah. it, if it you, if you actually just blocked out every <laughs> other line on this item and then the same, it's, it third says line on you this are item. the eldest souls, <laughs> right? You realize the eldest souls were the friends you made along the way. Oh <laughs> shit. That's, that's all video game stories need to be. So, and, 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 and yeah. if you if you if you make your story like completely impenetrable, then that's all your video game's going to be. It's me making friends with these bosses with my sword. That's what's going to happen. You want me to care about your story? Head cannon's right. always better anyway. Eh. But I think if you don't care about any of that and just want to go hit some things, it's uh, pretty good. In a stylish way. I think you're gonna have some. Gonna get good yeah, time. yeah. That yeah. The com- how you describe describe the combat sounds super dope. And even yeah. like like the. Like, the, the depth there but also like I like the idea of like the, the Mega Man-esque like you beat a boss and get a boss ability to use for it. yourself yeah. and you, I will and, say that very little of those active abilities work with the bosses really like I've never thought like I found myself using the tendril for example maybe once sure in a fight but some of the other abilities do have interesting sort of active abilities but more importantly they, they modify your passives in ways that are really cool and that's where you really want them Right. Putting them on your dash, putting them on your blood burst, and all that kind of stuff. And if you're really paying attention to how it can work for you, you can really put yourself in a really cool build that does like, stu- like, I think by the end of the game, it was like 
I was using what was called the Berserker Slash style, which is like you basically get one really big fucking swing and it hurts a lot. Right. But I was starting to layer all of these other abilities on making sure I hit that one attack. And when I do, everything is really cool after that. But if I don't, it's very super duper risk reward. But it right. feels really good when you hit the one attack and then can continue hitting it constantly. You're doing so much damage. But like at that point, I'm actually spending life to do it and putting myself in that position <laughs> when I do it. But that that sort of uh, ability to even like make that and then knowing I could respec and do something completely different for this boss at any nice. point is also really cool. You don't have to like play through the game three times to get like every build. There is cool. there is some bonuses to playing through it if you want to do a new game plus thing. There's like a boss rush, like literally go into arena and fight the bosses back to back mode. Um, there's like a new game pluses where the bosses get harder, um, and you don't get enough points to like fully spec out your shit so you can play again and like and just like fully do it. That's cool, as you would imagine from like a yeah. Dark Souls as well. Yeah, yeah, that, that's that's that. Yeah, it sounds pretty cool. Um, Eldest Souls. Anything else for you, Mike? I might check it out. Um, yeah, I can talk about. I played a bunch of the new Pokemon Snap DLC. Uh, so they added three uh, new levels. Uh, they're completely free, and they're all really good. Like they are pretty much on par. I kind of liked how they did it because, at least from uh, Grant, I've already beat the game, but it seems like they just basically added three levels, and like they just kind of like get melded into like the the base game sort of progression. Cause like, you know, as you unlock levels and go to new regions. Uh, so when I boot up the game, it just kind of dropped them all three of them on me and I could go to them. So <clears throat> basically the, the there's a, there's one stage that's kind of like a mishmash. It's, it's, it's really like, it, it was very clearly like a more nostalgia driven uh, level. Cause it basically combines like the, from the original Pokemon snap, there was like a jungle kind of river level you went down. Um, and then there was another level that was like a kind of like waterfall kind of Canyon, uh, map you go to. They basically just put those two together that I, those ideas together. And it's like, so now you're like kind of going through this jungly area, but it's also like a big river rapids kind of Canyon. That's really cool. And like, you know, they all like the other Pokemon, uh, snap levels that new Pokemon snap levels they have, day and night versions so like the the pokemon you see or you could you could see seeing pokemon but they're all doing completely different things depending on if it's day or night uh as you take pictures you level up you like basically get like a research level that levels up the track itself and then more pokemon might appear or do different things uh all of all of that stuff is there in these levels um another, another level that was there is like this uh kind of like a desert it's like part like desert canyon area, but then you go through like this like poison like lake swampy kind of area. It's kind of oh, interesting. Wow. Um, and then the the final level is uh, basically you go to the the very first level that's in the base game, but you get shrunken down uh, into a small size, and then you like go through like a tree, and then you basically are like shrunk way down, like honey, honey, I shrunk the kids style, and like you go through a level and like Pokemon are. You know, you see like a worm pole, like a worm, and it's like huge. It's fucking huge. And then there's a whole part where you get on the your little your little uh, uh, cart or whatever is like on the back of 
an Amolga, which is like a little flying electric rat that's in the level. And you're like on the back of it. So you like you can like see its ears and its head like looking around that's cool. as you're flying. And then like the next part of it, like you like go underneath uh, a Torterra, which is like this big, like giant turtle like Pokemon. Um, so it's a, it's it's a really cute it's a really cool level, um, and the other ones are super cool too. Like again, like they're the one is like very nostalgic. Like it even has like a Psyduck on it that's like doing a lot of similar things. It's very fun to watch because like when you when you first see it in the first level in the first level of it like research level one, uh, the first time you see it, it's like running through. It's like runs out of this jungle. And it's getting chased by uh, apoms, like these little monkey Pokemon, and then like it's it like runs into a tree, um, and then like is like scared because it's getting chased by these monkeys. And you can in that in that one you can throw apples at the monkeys, like get them to stop chasing the Psyduck. And if you do that, he'll like look over and be like, "Yay!" And then later in the level, you'll see him like jumping out of the water uh, and like hanging out, and you can take like better pictures for like better uh, stuff. Um, another, uh, but as you level up the, and get a higher research level and get to that part again, uh, it's still like the Psyduck runs out and he's getting chased by monkeys, but then all of a sudden the Ursa ring, which is like a big bear Pokemon runs out behind the monkeys and like scares them off. And then like the, the Psyduck starts like doing an attack and like the Ursa ring and them start kind of like doing stuff and you can like interact with them in their own ways. Um, and there's just like a whole bunch of stuff like that of like, you know, there's alternate paths you can uncover, uh, on both levels. Um, yeah. And they're, they were just, they're super fun. And I liked how they introduced them all and they're like just on pretty much on the same level as all those other levels. Like I like the, um, the, the other level, uh, like the Canyon level, like, has like an actually like pretty challenging, like alternate path to get like right the start because you start and you're going past these like two geysers that are going off and there's like a big rock. So basically you have to like, um, depending on the research level, you have to like throw like one of the glowy orbs to like light up like a, a flower that like will then knock over the boulder into a geyser. And if you do that, if you do that early enough, you'll go basically a different direction and then get launched up by another geyser onto like a completely different path. And you see a whole bunch of different Pokemon on that path. Um, and there's like also like can- like holes in the canyon walls where like Pokemon will be hiding in. So like sometimes you'll like look over and there'll be like Diglets like jumping out of the holes or you know other po- other Pokemon. Like as you get higher research level, there's like that level in particular. Like other new Pokemon snap levels. Like once you get to the max research level, there's usually some kind of legendary Pokemon hiding in the level that's like more elaborate to get to appear. And there's like there's one in that level too, uh, which is pretty cool. Um, <clears throat> and then yeah like that's that's mostly it. yeah they're just they're as good as all the other stuff in that game i like that game quite a lot um and I, yeah. it's, it was cool just to them be like yeah free three free dlc three um new levels all pretty Very much unexpected as good. too all as like, good as that yeah they like never said anything about doing dlc for this game so that was really cool see now i just now i just hope they do more because <laughs> i was yeah. like yeah keep keep a couple months from a couple months from now, maybe the end of the year, just put out like another two or three. And you Pokemon Snap should never end. There's 900 him. Pokemon. They, like, let me take pictures. It's weird that it ever ended. It's yeah. it's weird that yeah. it looks like I don't know. It seemed like a slam dunk forever. Yeah. yeah. Like, I mean, I don't know how well this new one is sold, but I imagine it's done fine. It's, yeah. I think it's one of the better sell. Like compared to like Switch games that have come out this year, not their usual thing. I think it's one of the the best selling ones. 
I don't know exactly the numbers, but I thought I thought I heard that. All right, I guess as as of June thirtieth, it, it had sold two point zero seven million units. Okay, it's pretty good. Yeah, that's that's all right. All things. Considered. I don't know. I don't know what the expectation was, but that seems right. Yeah. Yeah. Like we have to remember, like things sell so well on Switch, but you know, a, a couple million for any game is usually pretty good. Yeah. yeah. That and like. You know, there's there's a group of people who have wanted Pokemon Snap since six, the the sixty four, and they're mm. the same people who bought this probably. Yeah. It, I don't know that this was ever going to be a game that you were going to pull everyone into. Yeah, yeah. Um, my mom like bought this gonna, game though, so I, I will share sure, yeah. that one new new person. But Gary Witt <laughs> is not hosting a TV show in this game. Yeah, yeah it's true. Yeah, for um, sure. <laughs> With but, God, who did he have in that? Uh, yeah, like Brie really Larson, he, he had like all types of people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like he had like one of the Obamas. I don't know if that's actually true, but that feels Child. accurate. That's, that's, yeah, that sounds that sounds right. It sounds feasible at least. Yeah, people. Bill Biden it, um, had a part of his campaign in it. Like what, I don't know what hip hop artist did he have in T Pain? Yeah, yeah, T Pain. Yeah, that's when T Pain started streaming. I think. I think he was like, I'm a streamer now. Um, but yeah, I I don't know what. I don't know that anyone could expect that to be better. I don't know what it takes to make a Pokemon Snap level. I know that they're kind of like environmental puzzle games, really. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. you, you kind of go on a track, but if you interact for certain things at certain times in certain ways, like you can unlock other parts of that track or yeah, yeah. new things on the, along the same part of the track. And I'm sure it takes some while to sort of design that in a clever way. Um, yeah. But I don't know how many, and anything takes resources. Yeah, especially not, like if no one's buying it, then it's for free. So you're just kind of spending money making it. So I don't know what the what the profit sort of game for Nintendo is for this, but it seems like a pretty low impact thing to just do. Yeah, yeah. And I'm sure yeah. if you made someone pay for it, they would. Yeah, yeah. I, I totally, I totally would have paid for these. Like if I would have, if it would have paid, I probably would have go looked up videos first. But I still probably would have watched some videos and been like, okay, these look these look about as good as any of the levels. In the mm-hmm. base game, and I would have, and I would have, and I would have bought them. Yeah, um, it's like it's just a game ripe for expansions, like yeah. a whole new islands, you yeah, know, new, like new stuff new you can do with that. There are so many environments that have been introduced in the series, so many things to see, so many Pokemon to see. Yeah, yeah, like, totally. I think there's also, I'm pretty sure, with this update, there's also like some quality of life thing because I remember in the base game, um, it's like a, it's somewhat minor, but I know like again with those research levels of like as you level up specific levels uh there was like there was certain like menus where you had to like you basically had to like jump through a few menus to like get back into the level when you updated a new level where now it's like i can hit retry and it just lets you choose like hey i can go to level one or level two or level three of this particular map just from hitting retry yeah it's definitely convenient for sure yeah so like added that too so it's nice that they just like you know they they did put some little bit of support a little bit of support into that game beyond uh launch like post launch support is cool to see. Yeah. Very um, good. But yeah, I think I think that's that's pretty much all I got. Um Alex, so you have a you have a nice Metroid. I start I've Metroid. started my my Metroid chronological journey. I, I'm going to knock them and you know like they're not long games which and yeah. I've been hankering to play. So I I finished Metroid Zero Mission today. Like I it tells you the time you beat it again and I've played that game Oh, my light turned off. <laughs> it's become so spooky. Um, you just completely just, you just completely turned. Up. <laughs> I know so it, it got it got so dark. I'll have to plug it in in a second. Um, 
but I, uh, I, well, I'll turn this up so that way I have something here. Um, I beat Metroid Zero Mission in like two hours and forty minutes. Like it tells oh, wow. you, that. and like it's a short game. To be fair, I, I'd say like probably yeah. if you're playing it for the first time, that's, that's, like, that's, like, the, that's the remake of the original Metroid, right? Yeah. Um, if you're playing for the first time, it'd probably take you like six hours. I feel like is what it took me like the first time. And I, and I like at the end, you kind of unlock a bunch of new abilities all at the same time. And they, they give you the option of like, okay, now you can kind of go back out in the world and, and clean up. Uh, and there's a bunch of areas that you wouldn't have been able to access without the gravity suit space jump and the, the plasma beam, which are all these kind of new abilities that they add to the game and the, the, the power bomb. Um, but yeah, like it's cool because, you know, this was a game I played in the GBA heyday. So I was much younger and like a lot of those games I would just play over and over and over again. Like I know I've probably beat zero mission like eight times just because again, I can beat it, you know, so many years later in two hours, and 40 minutes. Mm -hmm. Um, so it is, and it's a game about like, trying to beat it on hard mode in less than three hours with 100% completion or, you know, for the folks that want to do that. I, I never went that hard to it, but I definitely, like, enjoyed trying to get through it and 100% it as quickly as possible. Uh, but just, like, going back to it and being, like, remembering that this is a remake, it's, like, so great. It is... It, it tries to hold true to that philosophy of Metroid 1, like, the kind of design where it's a lot of columns uh, of areas that you're kind of going between columns. Uh, and then it adds like these fully new areas, like uh, remixes, like the crate area and, and redoes that boss fight, basically the Metroid, the super Metroid version of it and does it in my opinion, way better. Um, you know, it has the Ridley stuff, has these, these cool little cutscenes that kind of interstitch between stuff. Um, and yeah, just think of it as a remake as, is one of like probably the first remakes I ever played um, just in general, because I, I definitely played the first match. I have beaten the first match like once, and I do not enjoy mm -hmm. that game. Um, <laughs> it, it's just like how well they adapted it to Zero Mission. You know, it, in a lot of ways, it is Metroid Fusion in kind of like a lot of the assets and how it looks and how it feels. But it is just so well executed on, and it's it's such a gorgeous game. The music is so so good. Fusion uh, was what like two years before that. Yeah, that was uh, like the same yeah, year as Metroid Prime. So they were um, like, "Oh shit, people like this. People like Metroid, huh?" <laughs> yeah, the handheld ga yeah, Game Boy Advance was the time to be a Metroid fan for sure. Um, yeah, so I finished uh, Zero Mission, uh, knocked it out. Great, just a great game. I, I also like it had been so long since I'd seen like the actual Zero Mission part of that, like the the kind of epilogue chapter that they added, uh, where you're running around a Samus outside of her suit, and it's like super tense. Uh, very good. Very cool. It's just so cool that Samus is like, ship blew up. Ah, well, time to go kick some ass anyway. And it's like nothing stops her. Like she's just stoic, stone cold, badass bitch, no matter what happens. And I love it. Um, so I, I finished that and I, I started Metroid Prime 1, which is chronologically the next game for folks who don't know. Um, and I'm a few hours into that. And that's that's another one where it's just like there are very few times, especially like I, I play a lot of old games frequently, but like going back to Metroid Prime One, I really can't change Windows, huh? <laughs> going back to Metroid Prime One, uh, that game is perfect. Yeah, <laughs> like straight I up, still like that game a lot. Uh, it's still like, a solid game today. I agree. Uh, if if anyone like wanted to try a Metroid game, like like they want to play a good game that like 
is like a good entry point for the series, I still say I know it's hard to play uh, by modern standards, but play Metroid Prime One because like that is just a tour de force. You get the cinematic, you get some just great gameplay. Like just you know they Retro clearly thought so long and hard about like how do we adapt encounters in Metroid to to 3D? How do we adapt exploration? How do we adapt tension? How do we adapt like that feeling of isolation? Uh, and like they did so many different things. Like they're even just as a core early big 3D game, like first person 3D game. Like that game does a ton of cool stuff that like set a precedent for so many other games. Or at the very least, like I doubt they were influenced directly by Metroid Prime, uh, just because like things like Bioshock and and other things probably had more influence. But that doesn't mean that Metroid Prime didn't do it like four years before half those games mm-hmm. uh, and arguably better in a lot of cases, like the, the lore entries, like all the, the kind of written lore entries from space pirates from the Chozo, like all of it is so good. It's so well-written. It's so interesting. Um, yeah, it's just so good. I, I love Metroid so much. And I, you know, like zero mission prime one, two and three and fusion are like, definitely the best of the best metroid like super metroid is great but it is older you know there's no narrative aspect to it really at all um you know metroid samus returns is is great but it's on the 3ds and so you're gonna cramp yourself to death playing that game and Mm -hmm. i know i'm going to i'm looking forward to it (laughs) after prime 3 that's like the next chronological game but yeah i'm just so stoked for metroid dread i everyone out there and I, yeah. I know I'm preaching the choir with you guys, but everyone who just played uh, Death's Door, like, please just buy Metroid Dread. Just do it for me. Yeah. I, I'm gonna any Metroidvania that's come out in like the last five years, just if you played it, just please buy Metroid yeah. Dread. I and like them too. a lot. Yeah. Steam World Dig Two and Hollow Knight people show up. Yes, please show up. Um, no, I'm gonna yeah. play in my camera. Yeah, there. and I was gonna say yeah, and I th- I think that I think we can uh, wrap it up here on that point as well, but also. Worth worth uh, saying uh, for folks to so they're in the know. Uh, next, our next this will be our August episode. We do Nintendo Land monthly. Uh, our next episode in September, just so folks know, will not be a, a regular episode, but it will be a like we if you have listened to some of our previous episodes last last year, we did a episode that was called Memories of Zelda. And it was more just focused on like our previous history of like growing up playing Zelda games and like what the franchise means to us kind of now and kind of what we want to see out of the future. So we're going to do that uh, in September for the Metroid series. So we're going to, you know, Alex has kind of started playing Zero Mission here. It seems like I was kind of actually going to do something like that too, but I was going to start in September um, but yeah, the next episode in September will be very Metroid focused. So look forward to that. Um, and then of course th- our next episode will be October and Metroid Dread will be out and we'll for sure talk about it that, but I will have thoughts. I'm certain. Yeah. So look forward, Metroid fans look forward to the next couple episodes, uh, of the show. But yeah, th- I think that's going to do it for this episode of a trip to Nintendo land. Um, that was, that was a fun one. Y'all this yeah, was this a good one. It's a good one. We had a lot of Nintendo Pokemon talk and a lot of Nintendo. Well, I guess, I mean, I guess, you know, there's a lot of Pokemon happening, but it's also the 25th anniversary of Pokemon. So that's probably appropriate. It's, it's appropriate for sure. There's, there's probably much more. Uh, thanks. Thanks, Jarrett Green, for joining us and talking all talking us, giving us the MOBA knowledge and all no that. Problem. 
Nope. Yeah, that's all. Yeah. Do you want to, do you have anything you've uh, published recently? You want to like plug like a review or uh, Um, anything? It'll be like, it'll be later this week. Um, I would imagine by the time this goes up, my review for a very not Nintendo game, um, expansion siege of Paris for Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Oh yeah. At IGN. Nice. Nice. Um, I can't. It's a game. I, is that Hemingway? That is, yeah. He looks chubby now. He is chubby. He's like 17 pounds. No, to be fair, he's been about that weight his entire life. Okay. But he's definitely put a pound on, and it's definitely noticeable. Okay. <laughs> Poor Hemingway. But um, if you like Assassin's Creed Valhalla a lot and want to just right. do more of that, yeah. There it is. You can do that in this one. <laughs> I don't know. If, I don't know about that, Chief. If, if that like, didn't compel you, then maybe skip it. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. I haven't played it yet, but I've also heard it's like a million hours long now at this point. Yeah, I put like Mile thirty hours into it. A lot already. That before you even get into the first DLC or the second DLC, you can play that game forever because it just never <laughs> stops. Um, the story ended, and I didn't know it ended. <laughs> Sounds like, like it ends like. Some stuff happens, and you just go back into the animus, and you're like, "Oh, this is, this is oh, this, this is, that was a story." Okay, oh, that, oh, that was it. It's over. I think I played I for four more hours looking for more story, and I was like, "I don't." Oh, that no, was it. No, that was it. It's over. There was no credits. I didn't know. <laughs> um, yeah, Weird. Siege of Paris is like that. Um, oh, and I will say, uh, it probably has one of the better villains in the series, okay. in the entire series. Most of these villains. Are completely unmemorable. Yeah, I was about to say. I, think the, I, don't remember. I think the last memorable villain was from maybe three or four. I remember there's one of them. Isn't the, the the first game has like a, a evil pope, and he has the apple. That's the second all. That's game. Two, is and, evil pope. two oh, and brotherhood. The, the second the second game. Okay, so there you go. Yeah. The third one has Hatham that you like. They swerve on you, and you play him for the first half of that game, and then yeah. you're like, "Oh, I'm the bad guy." Um, Dang. Then and Connors, also I'm your dad. Yeah. Oops. <laughs> um, then there's a there's a bad guy in three or one of the little three spinoffs, maybe even four. That's also a kind of a piece of shit. But that's like the last guy you remember for the next like six years. Yeah, yeah. pretty much. Yeah. And I don't know that you'll remember this dude for much longer than that. But I I met, he stood out for a person who's played a lot of Assassin's Creed in the past year. He stood out amongst all of these villains. So okay, time praise. Oh, cool. We'll take it. Yep, that's that's gonna do it for this episode. Thanks everybody for listening or watching on YouTube because that's where you can find this podcast. Uh, if you if you enjoy the shows, always feel free to uh, leave us comments. Let us know what you think, or maybe if what you like, or maybe even what you don't like. Just let us know. Uh, if you're listening on podcast services, any kind of rating would be greatly appreciated. But at the end of the day, if you're listening, we appreciate you. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll see y'all next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.